0: Today on the Green Light Pod, Chris and Macon say hello. Chris tells a story about explaining the draft to Waylon, Macon deep dives on the coin toss, and the guys reimagine bowl game trophies. Stanford Steve joins to break down the college football playoffs and give out the locks. Then Macon and Chris break down week 17, and to close the show, Zach Sealer joins to talk all things Miami Dolphins. Enjoy.
1: Earlysville, Virginia. Hello. Why? If Charlottesville is Seaville, what's Earlysville? Evil. Oh, don't talk about it like that. Now, evil. lovely little spot. It's not evil at all. Oh, okay, got you. All right, was that your whole thing? Spot, little north of Charlottesville. You lovely have hair little on your face mm. coming out of your mouth. I have several hairs on my uh, coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. I think it's gone. I think you got it. Thanks, man. Um, that reminds me of the other day when you had some seaweed in your teeth. Like your whole family have been looking at it all day long. They don't tell me anything. No, I roll in, I help, I help, I help, I help a friend out right away.
2: I had John Phillips come by, my old teammate, to deliver some firewood, and he didn't say anything. (laughs) Like the whole damn house didn't tell me I had seaweed
1: in my mouth. You can count on me if you have seaweed in your mouth, I'll tell you. So we've
2: seen each other twice over the break.
1: How about that? You came up to my house. That was great
2: uh, for a couple minutes. That was great. So at the UVA game last night, we I took the I, I took one of my boys to um to the uh, Virginia Morgan State game, and uh, that was the second time over the last two weeks that we've gotten to go see a. A basketball game up close. Guy loves basketball. Got to go to Philly for for the holiday. Uh, Went and saw the Sixers play the T-Wolves, which unbeknownst to me was a really good game because the T-Wolves are crushing it right now. I got to see Anthony Edwards up close, the whole thing. Thank you to the Sixers. Every time I go, they hook me up. I try to go like no more than once a year because they get me to ring the bell. I thought the best possible outcome was, because I've always said this, that bell should be, a lot bigger it's like an awkward sized bell to be ringing uh and awkward sound too it's hard to look athletic doing it i don't (laughs) like the way i look doing it and then so like i'm going into the tunnel and i'm watching like jalen hurts do it and i'm like well if anybody's gonna look cool doing it it's jalen hurts and he didn't look that fucking cool
1: yeah well i think the the instrument needs to be bigger it needs to be gone it needs to to be a gong
2: just bell shaped it needs to be a gong so i go out there and they're like hey we got this kid here He's a local kid. His parents donated a bunch of money, and so he's going to be accompanying you out to the bell. And my response was, of course, well, he can just ring the bell. Yeah, (laughs) that was like the the best possible outcome. And people are like, look, Chris is letting him ring the bell. I don't want to ring the bell.
1: Little Trojan horse thing going on
2: here. Yeah, horse thing. And I like sitting courtside. Yeah, I always say this, like with sports, the best ticket in sports is courtside basketball. No doubt. If you can see courtside basketball, because the players look so much different in person. And I'm sure, like, I don't have the experience of a guy that played in the NFL for a long time. I don't have the, the experience of a dude that never seen big guys up close. So I don't know what it's like to be in that kind of stanchioned off, you know, fans on the sideline experience and you've never done it before and you're watching, I don't know, Lane Johnson run by. Like, that's got to be crazy. But to see Joel Embiid score 50 points was insane. I can remember the, the time, the first time in my career I was hurt, I, I traveled with the team to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And I can remember being on the sideline and distinctly thinking this is fucking crazy what we're doing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've never seen it, I've only done it. And the thumps, dude, like LaMarcus Joyner hit Teddy Bridgewater so hard on the sideline. It was borderline dirty hit, probably was a dirty hit. Um, and the noise, I'll never forget it. And standing there with no pads on, not warmed up, no tore at all in my body, just getting out of the way is a problem. But I do maintain that sitting courtside is awesome. We also sat courtside at the Virginia game again. Like I'm not buying these tickets; I got a gift, so it was really cool. And it was Morgan State, so I didn't feel bad about taking the tickets. No oh. disrespect to
0: Morgan State, and just knowing you got me free tickets, so thank you.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everybody, everybody was happy last night, and uh, Whalen got to sit courtside. I'm really careful when you sit down somewhere like that. Like it was like we were at the Sixers game. I got to catch up with Malcolm Jenkins. It's pretty funny. Like me and Mal talk a lot. But we don't talk enough to know where he's going that particular night. And he didn't know I was in town. I didn't know he was in town. I'm coming to my seats, and the guys are like, guess who you're going to be sitting next to? And I'm like, oh, God, who's it going to be? And it was Malcolm. That's awesome. So it was awesome catching up with Malcolm. I mean, like, honestly, there's guys that you played with that you think are, like, great friends. And then you retire, and you don't talk to them as much and that sort of thing. But Malcolm and I, who became friends late in my career, um, it's been really cool kind of staying in touch with Malk. I think he's a great guy, and we have a lot in common. And just sitting there with him for two hours, it was like we were still on the team together. And, you know, when you have those moments, it really drives home how special that group was. But Malk's buddy dropped an ice cube, and it was, like, on the baseline. we oh, were like, do we say anything? Like, you know, we don't want to be the ones. Like, think of all the
0: things that you can affect dropping an ice cube courtside. At the, I mean, you can affect – uh gambling money Jason Kidd MVP. famously tried it. He spilled his drink on purpose on the court to get a free time Jason out. Kidd did. Yeah Now I'm talking about people getting hurt yeah. you know
1: like Did Joel it occur Embi- to anybody to pick up the ice cube
2: Well after about 15 seconds I I laid out all the scenarios that could happen <laughs> uh-huh. if that ice cube stays on the court and I think it was like hey Joel Embiid slips on this thing you're a villain He doesn't win MVP you're a villain you got people that had futures on that coming to find you that's not what you want to do because that ice cube is going to turn into water pretty soon. Mm. So when Whalen's courtside, like literally he asked for a sip of water and I pour it in his mouth. <laughs> like You're <laughs> just not allowed... To be freewheeling a bottle of aquafina courtside but it was really cool because whalen got to hold the the game ball during a timeout well wow. the referee came over and i guess the, the thing they do under the, the the you know under the uh the basket there but they they hand the ball to the kids and so like whalen got to hold the ball a bunch of kids in the row got to hold the ball it was really cool uh and my last thing about sitting courtside at a basketball game is if you've done both if you've done the pro basketball and the college basketball the the number one thing that stands out to me is that the officials in the nba are fucking workhorses those guys are in phenomenal shape phenomenal shape they run all day now i figure College refs are probably in shape, too. And this is no shade at the guys who who officiated the Morgan State game last night.
1: With those big old hearts that gave out the game balls. Big old hearts, but not big old muscles. Uh, Roger Ayers, though, is probably like 60 years old running uh, up and down that floor. Does he look good? Uh, yeah, well, you tell me, you know, it's the
2: shot clock, man. It's the shot clock. It's the pace of play. It's the shot clock. You can referee Virginia games. I can go out and referee a Virginia game right now. Pack line D. Um, you know, it's like 15 trips up and down the court each half. Foul. You know what I mean? So in the NBA, I just wanted to tip my cap to those officials. They are. They're like John Bay out
0: mm-hmm. there. And that's their full-time job. A lot of those college refs, you know, they have day jobs. They're, so they're not able shit. to exercise all day like Steve Javy was. It was funny watching the refs. It was a really bad call that they missed, and it got overturned. But it went to review, and the
2: whole place is booing them. And watching their faces as they see the review, they don't take it that seriously. They're like, oh, we
1: fucked up. Well, that one they didn't review. The one that was egregious, they didn't look at. Well, they, well, but what I, happened but I saw them talking to each other. They just gave the ball to Luckily, State. Luckily, it was a 20-point game. Yeah, and turned into about a 35 point game
2: Virginia covered. But that's Thanks for a, that first half play. You're welcome. Uh Virginia minus 15. We've been doing, you know, w- with so much sports on TV, you find yourself betting you know the uh the first responders bowl in an nba game we had we had milwaukee last night Perfect. and milwaukee brooklyn first half it's five and a half and we don't have the game and i know y'all have been here before you listeners where you can't get the game you're just scrolling the score app and with about 15 seconds left brooklyn scores and pushes it to four and i'm like holy fuck i feel helpless i'm scrolling i'm scrolling milwaukee hits a three pointer to make it uh what seven seven and so you know like we're like we're, we're out of the woods now but then i see that brooklyn technical <laughs> with foul zero time left on the clock <laughs> is awarded free throws
1: unbelievable
2: i mean just unreal and i didn't get to see what happened but i guess the guy missed the free throw well
1: he made it but there was only one free throw so it Thank ended up, and then they and then they ended up tacking on to the third oh. quarter tally i think but that was not clear on our score can app. you
2: believe that i mean just some of the things that happen when you can't watch the game that you're betting um and the
1: thing about tennis I've been thinking about okay. where I, I think I've gotten into trouble, I don't know if these matches are actually happening. <laughs> yeah, it might as well not be happening like I'll get onto the app and I'll be live betting, and then something will happen quickly and I'm like, there's no way I can check this
2: that's what that's what that's what like some of these offshore books should do is just start listing you know phony tennis yeah. matches with like you know uh, 17 consonants in the name <laughs> and it's like just two russian tennis players we've never heard of yep. um and and then just check the tickets and 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 make up a result yeah because most of these bets that you're placing you're not watching work
1: on your serve yoki Yoto.
2: <laughs> i got a funny story I, I i you know i've been watching a lot of ball with whale i talked about like going to the game last night it's really cool i love christmas break my wife understandably is like fuck christmas break but i'm kind of like well my job description doesn't change that much I, I get to hang out with my kids more watching football late at night Wail and i are up again last night till like 10 o'clock watching usc in louisville uh he knows dad's on the over like it's a real fun dynamic right now but he, at one point he found out that the bears hold the first pick in the draft and he was incredulous and he's like hey the carolina panthers have two two wins dad and so I'm like, all right, I got to explain this to Waylon, which is a really tough deal. If you've never actually, it's also like the first question was, dad, how rare is it to play in the NFL? And try explaining the word average to a kid, like in the, on the average football team. Like explain average to a seven-year-old. How do you do it? It's impossible. You got you to use math and shit. So I said, if, if 100 guys are in the room, uh, you know, one of those guys is going to go to the NFL. And that was the best I could do. And the next question was, what's up with the draft order? So, and I've had to explain some tough shit to Waylon before, but this is up there with like explaining what happens when we die, which I've, I've also <laughs> had to do. Like, this, is, this is tough. So um, I said, give me a second. I said, you're in a class full of 32 kids, right? And, you know, it's the same kids every year. You're going to go all the way to high school with these kids. Every year you get to go to the arcade. It's the best arcade in the world. It's like the one that everybody talks about. They got new games every year. Um, It's like magic. But the one catch is there's a line. Okay, so there's a line to the arcade. You don't know where you're going to be in that line year to year. Um, But the bottom line is... There's only one kid allowed in the arcade at one time which makes no sense but for the sake of the argument one kid goes in the arcade at a time and every kid gets like 30 minutes so if you're picking 32 like it's going to be a long afternoon so let's say for instance that one year you get to pick first okay and everybody in the back of the line like cussing you and looking up at you and like man i wish i was wailing he's got a friend named finn who's actually matt's nephew mm-hmm And Matt, Matt's nephew, Finn, actually, I found out, was dressed as a ninja for Christmas. So I really liked the kid. Uh... But you and Finn are in line, right? And, you know, in, in this line, you can actually get out of the line to talk to each other in this scenario. So Finn walks up and he's like, hey, man, like, I don't want to wait all day. You know, y- your mom is, is, isn't is getting here till six. Like, so, you know, what's the point? Just can we switch spots this year? Like, there's a lot of games I want to play. And so Waylon would say, hey, what's it to you? And he says, well, next year, I want to take your slot and my slot in the arcade line. And Finn says, no problem. He walks up to the front of the line. Waylon's got to go back tonight and he's like nodding along and uh, and I'm like so let's say so wait my nephew is David Tepper your nephew's is <laughs> David Tepper he's, essentially I said uh, you know next year rolls around and Finn says you know what last year I didn't have a lot of fun at the arcade you know like the, the games were just alright the new ninja game the gameplay was kind of meh and uh you know like there's a lot of new games this year and it's not fair that i don't get to go to the arcade and you're like well tough cookies so the bears are going to get to the arcade this year for two slots and 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 including finn slot and wouldn't it be terrible if finn slot was really good and he was like first and he's like yeah i kind of get it and so then he sat there for a second and i'm like did i explain this thing correctly and he goes dada why is there a team in the wnba that looks like a team in the nba which is totally unrelated. He's talking about the Minnesota Lynx and the Timberwolves. But to me, that means he didn't get it at all. And, uh, and you know, five seconds later, he's like, no, I think I understand what you're saying. And I'm like, now imagine if Justin Fields doesn't leave the Bears. Do you know what that means? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm like, the Bears get to go to the arcade a couple more times over the next couple of years. And I go, now imagine that uh, Finn slipped you a backpack full of Sour Patch Kids. That's DJ Moore. So, like, finn gave up a lot <laughs> yeah. to get you know what i'm saying and and i don't know if he understood it but like i would challenge you if you're a parent to explain draft order to to a kid aged like seven to nine i don't know if like they turn the corner at eight like it's a really hard thing to explain to a kid
1: so waylon knows about point spreads overs unders the meaning of life what happens after death. after you die but you couldn't have well, just Well, no, said, he doesn't, because
2: I really didn't know what to say in that moment. We were eating at a Mexican restaurant. A hundred-year guy walks in, and he's really struggling to order his, like, fucking chips and salsa. And Waylon just breaks down crying. So I got to walk him outside. I'll never forget this. We're sitting on the steps, and I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? He's like, Dad, are we going to die? Damn. And I'm like, holy
1: shit, Mom! What a... <laughs> Waylon should be a college basketball official with a big heart like that.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, so, and the other one was a lot easier. It was the other day, actually, with, with Luke watching the Chiefs game. And I told these guys this, but for some reason, Luke asked out of nowhere, when I grow up, is Patrick Mahomes going to die?
1: Hmm. <laughs> like, what?
2: Answers yes. And then the conversation was over. So it was a lot easier with Luke than Waylon. But yeah, it's a tough conversation, as is like draft compensation.
1: Did you give this a shot at all? Bears had the one pick last year, traded it to Carolina. They had the one pick. He
2: didn't understand that. Okay. Because, you know, there's like for a kid, like it's just, it's just a little bit,
0: it's a bridge too far. So for a seven year old, though, his knowledge of football is off the chart. Well, it's Larry, very, he's good. watching football with us on Sunday, like making points.
2: Every, yeah, every Sunday. And he's always on the other side of me. And like, honestly, like I, I went on it. a skid a couple weeks ago. I'm convinced it's because he's like the guy in in, uh, in uh, Bronx Tale. Like, I got to put him in the closet. So, um, you know, it, it's fun watching games with him. Uh, Christmas was great. I hope yours
1: was. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Norovirus. I went yeah, to the you hospital. Got the the yeah. rest of the family got it too. The pukes, the poops. Uh, but we did, we cleared everything before Christmas. It was lovely. Thank you.
2: I got a Shiatsu massager. That's a total fucking game changer.
1: Shiatsu. Now, is that a, is that a brand? Is that a kind of massage? It's a kind of massage.
2: It's like a harness that you put on and it just digs into your shoulders and your back. Wow. I can barely move. So it's great to get the Shiatsu massager. Meg also got me a, a really high class rolling tray. It's like marble. And then she got me like, uh, like a, a, a knit sweater and a corduroy jacket. And I was like, what am I, Seth Rogen? <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs>
1: but
2: essentially uh, my wife gets me. So I want to thank my wife for those presents. Uh, the shiatsu massager is great too. That came from the uh, the nanny. Uh, shout out to Grayson. And, uh, and it was a good Christmas. I love Christmas, man. I love Christmas. The I love tops. sitting around and watching all this football. Um, and that that probably leads us into our first fifteen, which is gonna be football related. And then we've got previews and Zach Sealer and Steve for locks, but let's start with first fifteen.
1: First fifteen. Hold up. Am I up?
2: Yeah, you're up, big dog. Let
1: me give you a little history of the uh coin toss. I love this because it shows how we're getting progressively dumber or regressively dumber. Mm-hmm. Coin toss has been a part of professional football since it started in 1892. From 1892 to 1920, the captains of each team handled the coin toss before the game. The officials were just like, let us know how it turns Something out.
2: Something changed last week. In
1: 1921, the referee began to perform uh-huh. the coin toss. In 46, it was stipulated that the toss was to be made prior to either team leaving the field after the pregame warm-up. Seventy-six, the coin toss was changed from 30 minutes to three minutes before kickoff, and in 1998... The procedure was modified to have the visiting captain call the toss before the referee tossed the coin instead of when the coin was in the air. You can see where that could get hairy. Also, the back judge and field judge would stand by the captains throughout the coin toss ceremony to make sure there was no confusion over the call. Now, there have been some famous coin tosses. Jerome Bettis in 1998. Um, There's uh, actually an oral history that I could not recommend more highly. The Al Harris Matt
2: Hasselbeck.
1: That one. Bettis said, I called the coin flip at the beginning of the game, and I called heads. And so in overtime, I was going to call heads. I went to say heads, and I said, huh, tails. (laughs) I was trying to change from heads to tails. When the ref heard me say, huh, he said, I said heads. He didn't hear me all the way through. I always called heads every game, but it was OT, so I wanted to call tails. I said, what are you talking about? Even Lions players were like, whoa, I called tails. Carnell Lake. Yeah. Said I was standing right there. Jerome said tails. He may have double clutched the tails, but he said tails. Yeah. Phil Luckett was the official. You know, the never forget one. that. You might remember St. Louis and Washington. Jeff Fisher sent out all the players he received in the uh, RG3 trade, uh, as prompted to by you. Yeah. Um, those.
2: I'll never forget that. Sitting in there with an IV in my arm, and be like, Jeff, I got an idea.
1: Jenkins, Brocker, Stacy, Bailey, Robinson, Ogletree rg3 didn't even start the game he played a little bit
2: right and in retrospect i didn't mean it to be personal on rg3 i just meant to fuck with him
1: rams you know, like, rams won the game 24 of course we did yeah because <laughs> we we had him in a headlock the football team fell to three and ten that year uh hugh jackson did it once unintentionally um what we're about to what i'm about to refer to the jair alexander situation where he kicked off both halves charlie strong had an instant at texas uh, tor- I almost had an incident 2019 Dak and the Cowboys you almost had I almost one
2: almost had listen last week as I was so entertained by this Jair thing which you're about to talk about I think it's the story of the week I've never heard him talk that much, so yeah. that was part of it. Yes. I almost pulled a Jair in the pros. Like, you know, they used to rotate captains.
1: Like, By saying kick I instead of defer?
2: Well, you know, I was like, we want to play defense. You yeah. know, essentially what he did. Uh, and luckily my friend corrected me. Uh, but that also wasn't like 24-hour news cycle, and I wasn't Jair Alexander, so it worked So out.
1: Jair, Green Bay Packer, highest paid corner in the league. He's from Charlotte. Yeah. So he thought that that meant he could roll out there with the actual so captains funny, on the Green Bay Bay Packers so oh, he okay. he trots out there with Aaron Jones and Quay Walker and Eric Wilson and not only does he walk out there with them he makes the call which is tails and he gets it right and he says not unlike you we want the defense out there yeah and that is called kicking off yeah in in other words yeah what you're after is the word defer we want to make the decision I think what I said is we want to kick
2: in the second half and then that's not an acceptable answer either <laughs> You know, it's like just say the shorter thing. Yeah, I don't want to cop to being Jair Alexander. I'm not positive what I said, but it was a problem.
1: So, uh, it ends up being a tight game. If Carolina gets that ball twice, could be a problem and big problem. And Jair has since been suspended by Green Bay. Matt Lafleur said it wasn't just this; it's been a few things in but, a
2: playoff race.
1: But walking out there when you're not a captain and then nearly torpedoing the entire season is just sensational. However, I want to make the argument that we get back to real football because it used to be that teams intentionally elected to kick both halves. It happened in the 1981 AFC title game. It happened in the 86 NFC title game. Washington football team, Giants. Giants won 17-0, kicking off in both, in both halves. 93 wild card game, uh, Giants-Vikings, it happened then. People we need okay, we need weather to return. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any weather anywhere mm-hmm. the entire season. And people need to believe in these stout defenses. We got all these all these butt cheeks quarterbacks running out there. Send the defense out there twice. If I'm on the road and I'm playing a better
2: team, I'm never receiving the ball. No. Like thank that's you. how you get jumped. There's countless instances where I played where I can remember. You know, like even on good teams going down to Tampa or something with the Eagles, I feel like we started the game really tough. You know, I think they might have received there, but I'm just thinking about when you go on the road and it's loud, and the offense is having trouble, and they're backed up like. And then the first thing you know, 13 minutes in the game or two minutes in the game, 13 minutes left in the first quarter, other teams got the ball at like the 47. Yeah, like that's how it goes a lot. And even like people laughed at me about this take, but I still mean it. I wasn't fucking around. Some things I'm fucking around about. Not this one. The Giants and the Jets when they played earlier this year, the Giants elected to receive the overtime. Uh, coin toss which seems like a no-brainer unless you're going to get like minus seven yards correct you know like the best possible outcome for them there was maybe a tie or a turnover from zach wilson but they elected to receive the ball lost yardage kicked the ball to the jets who had a short field
1: hindsight's 2020 but sean payton calls those two timeouts within a regulation to try to get the ball back christmas night christmas eve night and Bailey Zappi completes that twenty-five yarder to somebody. Mm-hmm. The Patriots were ready to go to overtime, but Peyton calls those timeouts, and then you end up losing the game on the on Ryan. You had a rooting interest in that game. I did. As did I. <laughs> I had a big cash out option before the fifty-six yarder, and I was like, "It's it's."
2: He it's. had Broncos money line. I had Pat's money line, and and it was just, I mean, like the end of that game.
1: In my defense, I thought, well, this is terrible kicker Chad Ryland trotting out there. Didn't factor in mile high. How about Bill
2: winning with that terrible kicker that he drafted in like the and, third driving, and tanking <laughs> their draft stats.
1: I know. As like, as he wait, walks yeah, up I'm, I'm going to oh.
2: ruin this with the terrible kicker I drafted, and then maybe I'm going to leave.
1: Parting shot on the coin tosses. Yeah. Uh, last ten Super Bowls, seven tails, three heads. The five years before that, five straight heads all-time 30 tails 27 heads and on this side of the
2: commemorative coin we have a lawnmower for exactly. the bad boy mower like the poinsettia bowl on this side it's a flower on this side it's like uh capital one you got it it's just too fucking complicated now and that leads me into my first 15 you know these bowl games are getting out of control guys i really mean this like just the the corporatization of these bowl games they've always been corporate but back in my day it was like the pacific pacific life holiday bowl was just like a whale and it was Darren Sproles against Terrell Suggs. Like, yeah. it was just simpler. It was a simpler day. You know, now it's, like, down to the trophies, the Pop-Tart trophy, by yep. the way. And, you know, you can get away with this. Like, if you're Pop-Tart, like, it's kind of a cute thing. you got two toaster slots in the top of the the football where you can actually put Pop-Tarts in there. I don't know why you'd want to do that. But it actually is, like, kind of cute. Um, and it's not a big bowl game. It's the Pop-Tart Bowl. Um, but, you know, in the, in the wait till you hear what the uh, – what is it, the Famous Toaster Bowl thinks about that. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Like, that's our that's our IP, dude. Well, now it's Pop-Tart's IP. But, um, you know, it used to be the Blockbuster Bowl. Now it's the Pop-Tart Bowl at Camping World Stadium. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, but they're dumping mayo on people. Uh, they're normalizing Cheez-Its falling out of the sky onto, like, Mike, Mike Norvell last year. Like, this is all normal to us. It's so normal that last night when they dumped that white substance on Lincoln Riley, I almost didn't think anything of it. And I was like, that's not may- mayonnaise. I don't know what it is. Um, and, 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 you know, they're, they're, he's covered in gook. And uh, it turns out it's eggnog. Uh, and it's the TV bowl. Okay. <laughs> so you've got eggnog, TV bowl. I'd rather see him honestly get just pummeled by a thousand remote controls <laughs> than that eggnog. So, Can you imagine if they were just like, here it is, 35 pounds of remote controls on your head. It'd be better than eggnog. Cause that scene was disgusting. Okay. And the trophy, by the way, if that trophy like 15 acres, direct TV is an obnoxious seven acres of that trophy. Yeah. Like it's like half the trophy. Okay. Like, and I understand marketing. I understand product placement. I understand that right now there might be some people that want dish. Okay. Uh, but this trophy is going to sit in a case for 20 years. You want product placement. Okay, like bring a banner out during the trophy presentation. But, you know, the, the trophy is going to be there for 20, 30 years in the hallway at USC. And in 2043, USC players are going to walk by and be like, what the fuck is direct TV? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, not, it's not even – I'm, I'm watching NFL games while I'm camping on my phone. It's over direct tv it's like already over um not to mention these kids in 2043 are going to have like tvs inside their retinas so they're not even going to know what direct tv is um might as well be the typewriter bowl for these kids um and some trophies don't make any sense on top of this we talked about pop tart it kind of makes sense but the B, the bw3 Uh, citrus bowl trophy confusing on a couple levels number one you know you're not putting wings in the trophy you're putting citrus they went with citrus Mm -hmm. but the citrus is comprised of oranges but it's not the orange bowl you know what i'm saying and on top of that
1: citrus has always confused me if i'm being honest
2: it's really confusing Mm -hmm. it's it's delicious but it's confusing and on top of that there are some trophies you can get it right you can have fun and get it right i think the idaho potato bowl has it figured out You just put potatoes in the trophy. It's like a perfect situation to get the product placement in there. It doesn't feel corporate. It works, dude. The Hawaii Bowl, it's shaped like a fucking pineapple. Like, what could be better than that? What could be more fitting than the, the, uh, than the Hawaii bowl being shaped like a pineapple?
1: Orange the, bowl, to be fair, a bowl filled with oranges.
2: That's the minority, though. You yep. know, it's like they're, they're, it, there's very few bowls that are that traditional anymore. And the last one I want to mention is this Hawaii bowl. has got a Hawaii bowl trophy with, that's shaped like a pineapple. The MVP thing is like an oar. You know, because, you know, they like to do that group kayaking dudes out in the surf group kayaking in Hawaii. It just makes sense. So my message would be it's getting convoluted. Okay, like I know these guys are getting paid now and you're more of an economics guy than me. You guys are smarter than me. But like, wouldn't it wouldn't it be a situation where if you're already paying the players like, and in the future, you're going to be paying the players. There's not as much money to, to put towards marketing and product placement. If you're a fucking, if you're a fucking, if you're a school and you need the money that bad, just maybe don't put it on the trophy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let the kids enjoy the trophy. I don't need direct TV on the trophy. Not that big. So I'm just getting tired of this shit. Now, I love bowl games. Had fun watching the nine turnovers in the tech two lane game had fun listening to Mike Elko the the bizarre nature of Mike Elko being in the booth talking about his players guys going down on the field he's like oh fuck is he good (laughs) um but I actually thought Mike Elko was really cool hearing him talk I've never heard him talk before he was great I love bowl games Kansas Kansas they're in Phoenix they must be on a bender because every touchdown they scored they had a personal foul like they were drunk out there on the field and they they won going away so um something different every day a different opportunity to gamble but come on for fuck's sake with the product placement we know it's direct tv so the exercise i wanted to do was to rename rebrand some of these bowl trophies because i think some of them are terrible yeah and i gave you some homework last night so let's see what you came up with
1: okay the myrtle beach bowl Mm -hmm. instead of a trophy all the members of the winning team, they get the HPV vaccine. <laughs>
2: Dude, that's so funny because I had a hooker trophy. From yeah, Beach. isn't
1: that pretty good? Hooker trophy. Yeah. Like the, like the following summer, young lady is like, hey, do I need to go get tested? Oh, he like, played in the Myrtle nah, Beach No, I won the Myrtle Beach Bowl. <laughs> All good. He's been immunized. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Valero Alamo Bowl. Every kid gets a VHS tape of the Valero Alamo Bowl. So that they can always remember the Alamo Bowl. That's good. Huh? Yeah, that's huh? good. List keeps going. Uh-huh. Um, Wasabi Fenway bowl, currently ongoing. Winning team. Somebody runs out. Uh no, no, no. Several dozen people run out with pins and they start they, they literally draw pinstripes on the unis, and that's a keepsake. Yeah. You know? That's hanging up in your in your home gym 20 years later. Yeah. Why do you have lines? Yeah. Gone all over Because your, your the Wasabi game pinstripe
2: bowl rolled up on me after the game. Because
1: and we won the pinstripe yeah. bowl.
2: Uh-huh. Yankee Yankee, That's Yankee good.
1: Stadium. Wasabi might be the Fenway bowl. No,
2: yeah, I think it is. That's know. why I was a bit confused. That might not
1: bad work. boy mower's pinstripe. Oh, I bowl. got a good one for that. Fenway bowl. <laughs> Ted Williams frozen appendages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get a digit. Yeah, you get a digit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He wakes up. He's like, where the fuck is my hand? <laughs> like, no, this guy went off in the Fenway. We started
1: pool. hosting football games <laughs> at Fenway. <laughs> Sorry, pal. Okay. It's a bowl game. Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Nuclear weapons. Just a fucking, yeah, I know. Yeah. I
2: know, right? Got your own little Just article.
1: say it out loud. Yep. First responder bowl. Here's a fire extinguisher. Don't call us.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: oh, like, I like it.
2: Like a Back the Blue bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I played in the, the first responder bowl, Back
1: the Blue. You never get pulled over. Transperfect Music City Bowl, a subscription to xnxx.com. Okay.
2: I don't even know what that website is. For all your browsing needs. I don't, I don't know what that website is. Okay, well, for the Rose Bowl, I want to treat this with, with a lot of respect. I feel like this should be a classy trophy. I think it should be like a California Golden Bear. Like a nice brass golden bear with a rose in its mouth. Mm-hmm. Like a bachelor situation. But really classy. You want to treat I
1: this I like one. it. No Stanford Cardinal is going to want to see like a California exactly. golden That's bear. That's the hard but, part. But, but I like you know, where you're It's your
2: complicated. Is. Okay, Myrtle Beach Bowl I had here. Hooker. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we were uh, th- two trains on the same track. Uh, New Orleans Bowl, it's got to be a boot. Why yeah. isn't that a boot? Okay, built the, with gumbo. We with something. Yeah, you got to drink the gumbo after mm-hmm. the game. You know, Boca Raton Bowl. You know what that means in Spanish? Mm-mm. You really don't know? I don't think so. You non bilingual motherfucker. The Boca Vista. No, it's 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 the mouth of the rat. The mouth of the rat. Is that right? So so for a beautiful place to be named after the mouth of a rat, it must have been some sailor that saw it from a certain vantage point. But I'm going with a large rat with a football in his mouth.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Lockheed Martin. If you've seen this trophy, it kind of looks like uh, the most ominous football ever. It looks like a football that could be a nuclear weapon. The nuclear Uh, football. It looks like a football, a nuclear football. It kind of looks like a football that's made out of a pistol. And I think we need to soften that a little bit. So I was thinking Apache helicopter. And I know what you're thinking. Like the Apache helicopter is a terrifying deal. But most of the people watching bowl games never seen an Apache helicopter in action in real life. That's for the people over there, right? The people here, they're like, oh, it's a cool helicopter. You know, somebody's watching in Afghanistan. Like I hate bowl games, <laughs> but in America, it's like, yeah,
1: that's a cool helicopter. Remember when that helicopter landed at our high school to 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 say you're playing? <laughs> to I the,
2: the Army All American Bowl. I was that oh, was the nope.
1: most uncomfortable I've ever been in that my athletic That was cool
2: life. as hell. No, it wasn't. I'm gonna tell you that story real quick. I was supposed to be, or I was an Ar- army all American. And a lot of times they'll land, a helicopter at your high school field to tell you, you're going to play in that bowl game. And me as a really smart kid, I'm thinking about taxpayer dollars. I'm thinking about the spectacle. I'm uncomfortable with the spectacle. Everybody's just saying it's because of my dad, the whole thing. Like that's what every accomplishment for me feels like. It's like, Oh, fuck. Uh, and then the helicopter lands, and I'm I'm just petrified, dude. I'm like... Was it before a game? It was like yeah. before a game, and there's like 120 people in the stands, and of course they've never seen an Apache helicopter. <laughs> so they're not terrified. They're like, oh, cool, a helicopter. So the Las Vegas Bowl, I just went with a higher-class hooker. Like, oh, like maybe yeah. throw some diamonds in there. Um, and then the Quick Lane Bowl, you need a, a Dan Campbell uh, statue. I think we're ready to put the Dan Campbell statue up outside Ford Field. He should be a, a Detroit uh icon uh the military bowl it's kind of tough because we just did lockheed but i went with a soldier here a soldier just a singular soldier
1: yeah like a a living
2: one no just a brass okay homeboy's got his hand up on his head yeah he's doing the salute thing uh fenway this trophy just says racist shit (laughs) (laughs) uh and then this is maybe my favorite one the bad boy mowers bowl yeah like um it's not expensive to build to build these trophies. In all honesty, it's like yeah. pretty smart. When you see the money coming in and out of these games, it's like fucking trophy. It's like a drop in the bucket. So you build two of them, and right now that game's being played pretty much. So we'll be able to tell in a second. But you got a ball and a shiano trophy, mm. and they're, they're they're mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like you know, if you're UM after you fire Mario Cristobal in the next year. You're going to have Mario Cristobal in your hallway That's mowing good. the fucking lawn I
1: like that for eons. A lot.
2: And it's just like, it's, you remember, like Greg Schiano, yeah, he wasn't just into chopping wood. He also would mow the lawn.
1: I like that a lot. You
2: know what I'm saying? So, And then lastly, Music City Bowl has got to be a fucking guitar. Yeah. Right? Real Dude. missed opportunity. These bowl game trophies are too vanilla and they're too corporate at the same time. It's like Super Bowl logos now. We used to have the cool ones, the Super Bowl
1: Thirty. Your guy, the uh, Morgan State men's basketball coach, had a uh, logo on his Q-Zip last night. Did he really? Yeah, I wasn't close enough, but it appeared to be some sort of Sam. Guy spends a lot of time yeah. on the court. Yeah, a lot He's of a time. He's a regular old Buzz Williams out there. He
0: is Buzz Williams. Before we get to Thursday Night oh, Machine, yeah. I want to tell you guys about this movie. Tell me about it. The Iron Claw. It's oh, I heard so it's good. It's freaking good. You would love it.
1: I tell you what, I think I'm out on the name. Well, it's right away, a I'm
0: finishing out. Finishing move by these wrestlers where they like go grab your skull and crush it. But I don't want to say too much. Dark, about it. dark. I heard it was dark. Okay, like I heard somebody
2: went to it and they were like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." Because who's in it? Like some fun. Oh
1: guy. right, yeah. Jeremy that Allen White,
2: from the Jeremy guy. From White. From yeah, you're like the, these guys the are the fun. Yeah.
0: You know? Um, it, it, nah, it's. I heard it wasn't fun in a good First way. First hour is fun, and then it becomes a little more tragic. Without getting into it,
2: dark though. wrestling movies are batting a thousand, dude. Because you had the Mickey Rourke movie, The Wrestler. Yeah. I mean that was incredible. If this it was ones, better.
0: really, in my opinion, okay, I saw uh,
2: an anime movie over the weekend. I told the guys about this. Uh, I boy, thought boy, in the heron, I, I uh, heron, not heron, heron, the bird. I told you to come to the movies, didn't I invite you? No, but I didn't when, invite you. No, but I was at your house. I said you want to join a movie club. This is actually really funny.
1: Oh, I thought that meant like watching movies on our own time. I said, do you want to join a movie club? That was
2: my way of inviting you into the movie club pretty Uh clearly. And you said no with a period. And I said, I al- wrong text message, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you there.
1: I always punctuate my text, first of all. Yeah. And, and and no, I didn't. I was at your house before you went to that movie. I thought you were going with your family when you said, I'm going to an anime film.
2: No, I did not take my family to a 945 anime film Got
1: mushrooms. Got it.
2: Okay. That was me and three dudes. Okay. And uh, the theater was wide open. Yep. It was just us. Evidently, people in Charlottesville are not cultured. They don't like anime. And this
0: is that guy's final film. Miyazaki, like so, yep. Exactly. Wow. Right. Cool. Thursday night time machine. It's the last week.
1: May, I, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Uh you're up, so I know you were about to say that Chris is up 10-9, and indeed that's correct. Um I figured Zag for you this week. I've done something strange. Yeah, you picked right, the Jets. That, the that's away. the only thing I'll I'll say. I right. Pick the Jets.
0: Chris. You better tie. Nineteen to thirteen Browns, <laughs> Macon. Jets twenty one seventeen.
1: Okay. Mm. Listen. No, no, no. They I, I think they're gonna cover. Now listen. I think they're gonna cover. The Rodgers storyline's gone. Yeah. The playoff storyline gone. Mm-hmm. Salah coming back. Joe Douglas coming back. I just won Thursday night time machine. True. <laughs> hey hey you're telling me joe flacco's gonna cruise to 12 and 5 no uh, okay i don't know that he is and the one thing that works
2: in your favor and i don't think enough people realize this looking at this game how big a deal it is number one cooper's dinged yep so like and number two what does joe flacco look like when you've got two corners outside who can really play that's right you know it's not like they have three four weapons winning's coming look out i think in joku props are are good ones this week um but Joe and Amari against teams with corners, like they're gonna have to see this in the playoffs. So I'm really interested. In Joe's not great against the coverages that the Jets run. Four, six, and one. Cooper's questionable, both kickers out. It's an it's a slam under play, I think. I think it's at 34 and a half. But uh, but yeah, with no kickers out, you're gonna see people going for it on fourth down in some weird yeah. spots. Now, hopefully that doesn't mean short fields.
1: Yeah. For purposes of the graphics, since I'm on the Jets, can you make my score Jets? Seventy-seven, Brown six. Yes, I would appreciate that's that. great. Okay,
2: and this is how this thing goes: you probably win, and then, we, know, tie, we, and push, then we tie, we push, and we go and into we overtime. We, I, I don't know what overtime. I don't. We'll figure be. it out. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that later. So let's get Steve on, and then we got the previews, and stick around for Zach Sealer. This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the all-in-one app for spending, sending, and setting easy-to-track savings goals with multiple tools for saving, spending, and sending. Cash App is an all-in-one way to stay in control of your money. Whether I need to send money to my pumpkin grower, pay for anything related to floating the river, quickly pay back a buddy for a night out on the town, or settle a bet, I can always count on Cash App. With security, boosts, discounts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees, Cash App is like a BFF for your money. It can be your read. Read's my BFF in the studio. Cash App, the exclusive financial services partner of Greenlight. Download it in the App Store or Google Play to see why it's the number one finance finance app in the U.S. App Store. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, even last minute deals. I know because I always wait till the last minute. You can preview the views from all your seats in the venue and GameTime's lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, protects my tickets. That's what I need. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code GreenLight for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT. G-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. That's the code for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: Steve. White Steve.
3: Gentlemen, happy holidays.
2: Happy holidays, Steve. It's great to see you.
3: We're good. We're out in Pasadena, ready for Rose Bowl. We got a college game day Saturday morning. I, I have a 2 30 a.m. wake up call. I'll be on Sports Center in the 7 a.m. Eastern hour. And then we got game day Monday for the big ones.
2: So now I know you don't drink the night before these things, but maybe you just go all the way through.
3: The problem Saturday now, that just, no, because I want to watch all the games. Yeah, that's true. And it's just not, I'm, I have a plan. Uh, One of the best books I ever wrote I read, wrote.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: Boys in the Boat is out, and I'm dying to go see it. I might go see it twice before Saturday. I'm, what is I'm that? I'm so excited for it. The Boys in the Boat is about the uh, Washington crew team back in the 20s, and a bunch of those guys end up becoming uh, the crew team for the U.S. in the 36 Olympics. And it's, it's just – it's an absolute must, just as a history lesson. Um, the guys came from nothing. Uh, being back at UW's campus, the boathouse is still there. You learn about the boats, the geography of it. What like the main meets of crew were in Poughkeepsie, New York. Like these dudes were take a train across the country with the boats, and that's where the big meets. Like it's just it's astounding. It's it's and then the Olympics is its own animal uh, with the thirty six Olympics. It's it, it's incredible, and I don't know how. They're gonna do it in two hours and four minutes. Um, but I'm I'm all in because, like I said, it's the best book I've ever read.
2: I gotta say, like at first I was like, ah, I don't give a fuck about crew guys. No, you, once I'm, you gave I'm me I'm that spiel, you. I'm in, dude. Like they had to take He's the got... train across the country. What do they play in the Pac-12? Where they play Pac-12? Where they play Stanford <laughs> women's volleyball?
3: I believe the first. I think it was the four pack back then.
2: I, I, I believe that. That's crazy. That's just crazy, yeah. man. All right, well, it's, good. Uh, we, uh, also, supposedly Iron Claw, very good, is what I'm hearing. The I sh- saw that, and is I it
3: good. I, I, I'll, I'll leave, I I'm, I'm going to go see it, and I uh I want to see Napoleon just for myself. I've seen plenty of people commenting on, it, but Joaquin Phoenix, you get him. Give me that. I role. just
2: I, I heard it's really bad. I heard it's really? like the 2018 or 2023 Chiefs. It's like, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is there, but you know, the rest of it, I
3: didn't. Get, I didn't get a chance to wrap up the listen to your wrap up uh about that, but I there's so much wrong with them. that yeah. that, that had to be a whole pot.
2: Yeah, it was I just I couldn't it it feels like you're mad at the Chiefs. Now part of that is because yeah. I had them on like a future, but like you know, you're just you're just mad at these guys. You're like you're frustrated for Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think Like I said, I said this earlier in the, in the week, like they got cute and that's why they called plays like they're a good football team and they're not. And so we'll see if they change this weekend, you know, like these fucking trick plays, man, save that for a year where you have somebody outside and that every uh, down doesn't matter.
3: They remind me of the bills early in the year. They don't do anything well.
2: Yeah. No, it's pretty interesting. It's unfortunate for chiefs fans out there, but we're going to get to the NFL in our locks in a little bit. Again, I just want to say this before we get into locks, and I'm not going to say anything again. Stop tailing me on the locks. Only tell me when I tweet something before the game. Okay. I got to be like three and 18 since we moved this show to midweek. So maybe I'll be better today, but I've kind of fallen out of it. I'm two games under 500, and all I care about now, five games back from the field, it was a ball game until I went 0 3 last week. All I care about right now is just being above 500.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay. That's that's all I give a fuck about. And and so if you're listening to this, don't text me and say, "Oh, I, I you know, like I looked at the social." I, but, none of these matter. You you want to oh, know uh, you well, well not to me anymore. You know what matters? Check my timeline right before the game. We're up five units the last two weeks, and publicly, I'm embarrassed. But I just want to let you guys know that. So just do not tell me. You want to tell anybody? Tell yeah. these two guys.
1: You know, we should put our records on those. On those graphics.
2: Yeah, not now. Those not now. I, that's unacceptable. But you know, they, you, you can't right. come late I, in the I, season when you're up. I've been big be like, the whole year. Put yeah. the yeah. records on yeah. the, the fucking graphics. Yeah. Okay, like the so.
3: old NCAA tournament when last 10 were a thing going to yeah. uh, for part of your criteria. Give me the last, last
2: 10. Last yep. 10. Okay, yeah. so we're going to get to that in a little bit. If it's good. Word to the wise, just don't do it. Like, look at these two guys and do whatever they say. um So I wanted to start with this college football, a lot of the bowl games mm-hmm. so far. Very exciting. Very Rutgers first half. Rutgers first half just hit. Rutgers first half. Money line. Almost got us. The butt cheek was out of bounds. Mm. Uh, mm. Steve, do you have a favorite bowl game so far?
3: Oh, UNLV Kansas, I thought, was fantastic. Oh, it was
2: crazy. Uh, yeah.
3: I mean, all if you followed it, you know, the line moving five and a half points because Bean might not play, and then you literally have degenerates at the stadium tweeting out videos of him warming up. Then him going back in the locker room. No one knows what his pregame routine is. They just see other quarterbacks warming up while he went to put his pads on. He does his routine differently. There was a sense that the team had the flu. And then the line goes off, I think at eight. And he goes out and sets a a record with six touchdowns or seven, maybe. uh, And uh, 450 plus yards. Like it was, it had everything. I was impressed with UNLV. They just didn't have the guys. Uh, Kansas big play, uh, making with the receivers. They caught every deep ball, had over 400 yards and penalties. And penalties. In like, it was it insane, had, insane in a baseball stadium. Uh, it, it had everything I wanted. It was great.
2: So they played that game in a baseball stadium. Couldn't figure out where they were playing for a while.
3: Two games in a baseball stadium today.
2: Oh, it's good. Well, so yeah, the pinstripe and the Fenway and all that, Yeah, you know, all that shit there. But I mean, like, uh, No, I mean, I I thought it was crazy that these guys, every time they scored, were like, we have to get a personal foul. Like, we cannot score without getting a personal foul. (laughs) And another thing is, like you said, the quarterback thing, like, sometimes it's nice to hear that somebody's going to the portal before the books get it or that sort of thing, but, like... That that stuff doesn't seem to matter. Is it's not a slam dunk anymore, dude. Like you know, I can I can recall countless games over the last two years where I thought I had a tell on somebody. Nevada and the backups good. Yeah, like the Nevada Western Michigan game was a sweat a couple years ago, famously. But you know, like Riley Moss, yeah. uh, in the in 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 lieu of Caleb Williams, I had a tweet last night, and p- some people took it wrong as they do on that godforsaken website. But I was like, I had a picture of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Mitch and I said, that, and this Mitch is. Yeah, whatever it is, and uh is it Mitch Moss? Not my Miller no, Mitch Moss. Is Miller great- Moss. Miller Moss is a guy's name. Not Riley Moss. He's like a white slot receiver somewhere. No,
3: Mitch Moss is a great radio host in Vegas.
2: Miller Moss. Miller Moss, who has a quarterback name. I don't know why it sounds like a quarterback name, but it is a quarterback name. And I had this tweet that it was like, "This is Caleb Williams is is Brett Favre, and this is Aaron Rodgers." I don't know why he's been Ooh. sitting so long.
1: Riley Moss is the starting corner for the white yeah. team. He's
2: an R- Iowa, our, Iowa guy. He's the Iowa yeah, guy. He's yeah, Iowa Denver Broncos. Guy. Yeah, so he. So I thought that was incredible. And then you know, like on the other side of it, you got the two lane quarterback, uh, who mm-hmm. the, the 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 starter. He's he's in the portal, so he's not gonna he's not gonna play. And then the other guy's in the portal, but he's gonna play for his boys. And he ends up on the John Deere. They cart Mm -hmm. him off the field, and there's nothing worse than that. Like, I'm going to play one more for my guys, and then I'm going to go on my way. And then you get carted off the field in the last game of the season. Nine fumbles in that game was fucking insane. So uh, a lot of fun watching the bowl games. They're they're getting big time now, Steve. So before we talk about the Mm -hmm. playoffs, are there any big leans you have between uh, now and Monday?
3: I'm just fascinated by what's going to happen with Ohio State. I mean, plenty of the talk uh, has been – uh, you know, it started with Marvin Harrison Jr. Obviously, it went with McCord going in the portal. The quarterback, uh, Devin Brown, who's going to play, he's going to wear number 33. So don't be surprised by it. He got beat out by McCord. Uh, but its I think mean, it's Missouri Super Bowl. I mean, I, I I like it, it's going to be a sellout crowd. Uh, I still, in this day and age of where I'm going to, because Chris, we've talked about this. Like, bowl games were my favorite weeks of college in ever. Like, you're with your guys. You don't have to worry about clash. You're in some random town. You're going to find fun no matter what. Oh, um, for sure. And and now what I would always say is if you're not going to play, still go. Yeah. Go to the – like, be with your guys. So, it sounds like a lot of Ohio State guys are going to go. Now, are they going to follow through and play? I'm not sure. Like, I, we've seen, you know, the Marshall running back, Ali, play the first half and then tap out after that. Uh I know Malik Neighbors for LSU wants to get the record. Uh, will he play after he surpasses the record in the Wisconsin game? Uh, so that I hate to say it, but, like, we wake up every morning, you text me, I text you, what do you think today? I'm like, I'm still waiting.
0: You yeah. know, we,
3: we, we literally have to go through pregame warm-ups uh, to see and get a feel who's out there. So I, I'm fired up for an Ohio State game. I, I, I do believe Ryan Day's team will be motivated to play. Um and a sellout crowd at Jerry World is, is is all I need to know. I'm fascinated to see what Liberty does in a spot where everybody likes the look of it right now. Will we like the look of it after they play? 1 p.m. Eastern Fiesta Bowl. That's a little weird. Iowa, give me all that game. I can't wait to see um, if, uh, if Tennessee is going to start their true freshman quarterback against them. That That's a daunting task. If your first start is going to be against Iowa, who feels like they drop eight every time in coverage, and I'm guessing he didn't see that in high school football. And then we get into the big ones. Uh, I can't be more fired up for the semis. Uh, Every matchup, whether it's Michigan's defense against Jalen Milrow or it's uh, Texas's defense defending Penix and those – like every every matchup is so interesting and exciting to me, and it's what we should have had. For the last ten years, and I can't, I can't wait to be on the field for the Rose Bowl. I, I just blown away by. I think I'm up to first day of Y two K. That was two thousand. That was my last game. So twenty three years. I can't, Damn. can't believe it.
2: Well, old uh, man, feeling you, old. You, you don't look old, man. You look great. You got that California sunshine uh, creeping <laughs> through the blinds there. So get yourself, uh, yourself a tan there. But Iowa. Speaking of people that don't have tans, um, Iowa. Uh, I heard Kirk Ferentz talking about, um, you know, like they were pressing him on points a game, and you know the coordinator, and he was like, "Well, you know, nobody ever talks about wins per game."
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's was like, "Oh, snarky." That's getting the job done. Uh, Snarky Uh, analytics crowd loves that. But, um, anyways, the the playoff games. Before we talk about the playoff games, I want to talk about real quick a playoff game. What's your guess on the? on the Georgia Florida State score because if this thing is close, I'm not going to be able to take it, you know, from these these Florida State people.
3: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how it's up to 40. 40 players that have played this year are not going to be on the field when you combine both teams. That's insane to me. And I'm just gonna go off a whim and get maybe Florida State people even more mad. I would take Georgia's depth against Florida State's depth. No offense. Well, that's half
2: the problem uh, though. Yeah, I mean, like do yeah. deal with the see they have, like, 20 of your best It's up guys. to 20? 20
1: points. 19 is What's the I'm total? 44 and a half.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, Golly. I Golly. Like 31-10. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean...
2: Yeah. I'm betting I mean, Georgia. It could
3: be 34. Yeah, I I would say up to 21.
0: I yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
3: And maybe if you ever had... If it does get that high and then you come back with Florida State first half, just praying they... George's off shake a little bit in the first mm-hmm. half and and you, and you got a lapper, but that that you could have. It's We talk about unknown and not liking the unknown when we're talking about betting on these games. That one's the ultimate.
2: All right, so uh, having said all that, where do you lean? Alabama-Michigan, Alabama catching two points, totals mm-hmm. 44, nice low total. Yeah. Uh, feels like a Big Ten game. Feels like the game <laughs> I watched up in Happy Valley. Um mm. So what what do you what do you say? I, I I actually like Bama here.
3: I have something for you. I think you're going to love. What's that? The teaser.
1: Oh, tease Bama, but but Bama and Washington in Washington. That's going to be in the year yeah. 2024.
2: I know. One of my new Year's, New Year's resolutions was to stop <laughs> teasing, but maybe you just get one. But last. if you put
3: it in before 24, then it then it doesn't count.
2: There you go. That's what you have to do. Exactly. I got to put it in now. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so I get a Washington 11. Now, that's not a true Wong teaser, but we're going through the seven for sure. All right, so Washington 11 eight. and Bama at eight.
4: Ooh.
2: Okay. That's going to be on you, Monday.
3: And if you want to have a little more fun, you back that up with – I'm not sure what pays more. Bama probably – I don't know. Bama, Washington, Moneyline, Moneyline Parlay, Parlay, or, or – you could bet the matchup that Washington's going to play Bama in the title game, just to have a little something. Wow! Uh, Because when, when you do look at the matchups, I've I've wondered for a while how Michigan's going to prepare for Jalen Milrow. He's, he's an athlete. They haven't seen at the quarterback position. When I've gone back and watched the tape, I think Talia tunga is the best quarterback that Michigan has played. Now it's not Michigan's fault. That's, that's the schedule. You play the teams on your schedule, but, in that instance of that third down and knowing how much Tommy Reese has incorporated more quarterback runs and knowing what Michigan likes to do defensively, um, I think they're going to be up against that. I think Alabama is going to stretch them in ways they haven't been stretched. Mm. Now I will say Michigan's played a bunch of guys up front. Their, 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 their depth on the defensive line has been really, really well. They actually play more people than Alabama up front. So, When I look at the matchup, I like what Michigan brings to the table there, but can they go out and do it? I don't think so. And the other thing, the biggest factor in the game is J.J. McCarthy. Last year in this spot, he didn't play well. He threw two pick sixes, and that turned the whole fiesta ball around and was the reason TCU won that game. They couldn't overcome it. There's troubles in the red zone. Um, He, I don't think, was healthy the last couple games, which tied into them running the ball every play in the second half when you were there in Happy Valley. Uh, He was a little bit better all against Ohio State uh, getting out of the pocket, and make some throws. And then I was, it it didn't matter. So I look at him having to create, I think Harbaugh and Sheryl Moore do a really good job of making runs look like passes passes, look like runs. And with that, you get your tight ends out in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the secondary. And that's not a lot of things, you know, Alabama, when they've struggled, it's been because of communication. And we know how that communication gets tougher you know, when you got to deal with guys that are factored into the run game. So I think the stage is set for JJ McCarthy. If they win, he's going to be the reason why. I'm just not sure if Michigan could do something that they haven't had to do all year, and that's throw the ball consistently.
2: All right. So, so, you know, money line parlay with Bama and Washington. You bet $5, you win almost 20. Okay. So that's enticing. Let's talk about the second half of this thing. Washington and Texas, real mm. quick. Who do you think has the edge here?
3: I think Washington. I, I really do. I look Love at the gauntlet that. that they have ran. Uh going back to going to play SC in a no-win situation, because that was Caleb's last stand. You get out of there 52-42. You come home, you play a rugged Utah team, you go to Corvallis in the pouring rain and still throw the ball to your NFL receiver, Roma Dunze. You 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 uh take care of Washington State in your rivalry game and then you beat Oregon as a double-digit underdog. They have been tested as much as anyone in the playoff. And now that they're fully healthy, I just love the idea of them as an underdog again. I I love Steve Sarkeesian. I love what Texas has done. I love what he's done at Texas. But that secondary, they're going to – that's their weakness. And they're going to start – now, they're not true freshmen anymore. But Muhammad at corner and then the safety is they're both true freshmen. And Washington with three NFL receivers, I like that. I also like the idea of Washington and how they've been able to run the ball. They really took it to Oregon in the second half of that game uh, in the Pac-12 title game, and that's the difference. So we know how great Texas's defensive line is, uh, but but Washington's really, really deceptive and good of creating balance and being multifaceted on offense. And I like I like Penix in this spot over yours.
2: Okay, I think yours I is more talented,
3: but give me Penix. All right. Good.
2: Just put that parlay in. And now it's time to put our locks in. And I said this earlier, do not tell me. I'll warn you one more time, but I'm going to make the first <laughs> pick this
1: week. I, I've been asked to read the standings. you yeah, read the standings. Steve is in first at, in. at 27, 20, and 1. I am second at 27 and 21. Chris, you're in third at 22, 24, and 2.
2: Yeah, the last couple weeks have been rough to your boy. I think one in five the last couple weeks. And that's the deficit here. Maybe I can make some magic happen, but do not go on this ride with me, okay? The first game that I'm gonna pick, Oops. and if you take a guess,
1: I oh I I don't know
2: Baltimore. Okay, minus three. What are we at? at minus three. That's what we're at. We're at Baltimore yeah. playing three at home. I just feel like this is a really good matchup for them. As good as I felt about the Cowboys matchup, and I was I was wrong, although. The coward in me bought to three, and everybody won. Uh, mm. This week, I'm not buying any points. We're just going to lay the points and see what happens.
1: Packers, Vikings, under 46. Mm. Packers, Packers, Vikings. Defense, you probably huh? felt
2: good about the Jaron Hall not announcement. 40s,
1: I guess so, although I'm a big believer. Remember that Atlanta? Okay. Week? okay. All right, Steve. Mm.
2: Dallas
3: Cowboys.
1: The Minus Dallas Cowboys.
3: five, five and a half
1: got
2: it at six i think it's a good Ooh. play i think it's a good play um i'm up again I mean,
3: detroit Detroit's haven't had to have a good time this week right
2: yeah and i think on top of that some of the matchups for for detroit in the passing game are pretty concerning yeah you know it's dallas at home okay so then my next one uh i guess i'm gonna go mm. vikings and Packers over 46.
1: <laughs> Here we go. All righty. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I like it so much. Uh, <clears throat> Seattle Seahawks to cover three and a half points at home against Pittsburgh.
2: Ooh, I don't feel as good about buying that at four. Uh, but why would you do it? I don't need pushes. I need wins. Steve
3: angles plus seven.
2: Woo, I'm making my last pick. There's some picks I like, but I've been told the best strategy is to fade my boy. making, well, you could get closer <laughs> to Steve too. nah uh, yeah, It's just about, I mean, Steve,
1: you know,
2: I think Steve deserves this. Okay. Okay.
3: You want Kansas city minus seven?
2: No, no, no. Okay. I'm done doing that with Kansas city. I am done doing that with Kansas city. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck me, running, huh? The Steelers, I I, 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 it's just too much that goes wrong if the Steelers don't cover because I, I got the the win total. It's they need one win. You know, I don't want to be sitting there double sad. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fade you on this. I'm gonna go with the, the under, Thurs Jags 38, hmm. Panthers and Jags. You know what? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. Panthers, Jags, under 38.
1: Okay. All right. I am really tempted by Rams, Giants over. Yeah, I bet that in real life. It's high rod is just so freaking cagey above average in the Rams score.
3: Is he your favorite Virginia Tech quarterback of all time?
1: Nope. Sean Glennon. Uh, I am going to take. I like McDonald's Marcus Vick. I am going to take. Should I take that one? Yeah. Now you don't Just want me to take, take that it. one. Which one? Ramp Giants over. No, take it. Take it.
2: I'm going to root for it too. I don't care. Like the money's the important
1: part here. fans losing their money. Listeners. I don't Give me the Philadelphia Eagles minus 10 and a half points. Ooh. Despite Jonathan Gannon coming home and knowing Jalen Hurts. Okay. That's 31 13.
2: It's going to suck when I'm tweeting. Yay! When Kyler will <laughs> Kyler Murray uh scores a touchdown to make it a seven point game with 30
1: seconds to go. All right, Steve. All right round out your two in one week here
3: under saints bucks
1: 42 and a half
2: all right and if you people at home want to know just for <laughs> shits and giggles what i've actually bet in real life but i'm too afraid Sunday. to bet uh no i've Sunday. actually bet, i bet i bet some ones already so i got the i got the colts covering okay and the word is josh jacobs still not a sure thing uh i got the colts covering i have the over in dallas at 53 quick question yeah why don't you just take those here because honestly this is more gamesmanship okay you know it's a, i'm just trying to play the We're game driving
3: right. to the twitter feed we gotta drive people to the twitter
2: feed. yeah we gotta drive people to the feed i like the colts cover and i like the cowboys over i have the giants and the and the rams over uh i have baltimore for chickens uh and then uh let me just make sure i've given you all my plays just in case they hit uh i have alabama and washington money lot parlay okay and then the last thing is i think i'm gonna bet new orleans yeah and i didn't want to tell you too much in the previews i thought you'd know but like they could have won that game and i i feel like everybody's gonna be on the bucks maybe it's time to fade the bucks the last play i'm gonna give out in the these don't count um is uh is uh is uh is the under in miami baltimore in in
1: baltimore okay okay I'll take those uh, Seahawks down to three points for my half point, please.
2: Oh, fuck. I got to do the half point thing. I'll take the Bucks plus seven and a half, if that's what you got. You know, I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go uh, uh, 45 and a half. I'll go Packers. Well, no, because I think the Ravens could easily win by three. So I might want to buy that to three and a half, shouldn't I? You know, I'm like mm, dyslexic. Two and a half. Wait, two and
0: two a half. half. Two and a half.
2: That's the move. That's the move. All right, guys. Chris has got the Ravens. Got Vikings, Packers over. Fading this this cat here under and Jags. Macon's got the Packers, Vikings under 46. Uh, Seahawks catching three points or you know, Seahawks laying three points. Eagles minus ten and a half. Steve's got the Cowboys covering. Uh Bengals, uh, seven and a half. Under Saints Bucks, forty two and a half. Happy hunting, guys. That could be eight and one. Hey, guys, I'm not going to lose another game this year. All right. And I'll see you guys next year. Game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our pizza pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. To have your NFL game day covered, Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a pizza, pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. Whatever you're looking forward to this football season, there's one thing that pairs well with every great moment, and that is an ice cold Miller Lite. Whether you're at the stadium, playing fantasy football, or watching the game at home, or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with the Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having beer if it doesn't taste like beer? I go to Dirty Nelly's every weekend. Sometimes I'm prepping for the show at the bar on Saturday night watching a little college football, getting ready to lay out our Miller Lite moments. Uh, I like to have an ice cold Miller Lite right next to me and the folks at Dirty Nellies they know when I get there to have my ice cold Miller Lite. It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. Make it miller time all season long get miller Lite delivered right to your door visit millerlight.com greenlight or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces all right let's talk about these previews man you know we we, we were asking about how to tier these games and kind of the way we ordered them was largely based on the the importance When it comes to the playoffs, now for instance, like Bengals and Chiefs both in it, but we slid them to the mid tier. uh, Spoiler alert, uh, because I'm just really entertained by Buffalo and New England. Okay, Mm -hmm. like New England's out of it. We know that, uh, even though they might win out, (laughs) because Bill's not gonna, he's not gonna lose to the, well, he's gonna lose this week, but he's 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 gonna try to beat the Jets. So um, that's all draft order stuff. But we did put, like, Buffalo in the first tier. But largely, this is about where the most is on the line, mixed with the entertainment factor. So let's talk about the tiers. We got a tier of these things. A suggestion was New Year's resolutions, which I think are hilarious because you're letting a calendar dictate, like, oh, fuck, oh, March, i got to wait nine months to change. I love it. It's so stupid.
1: I love it. Hard reset every year. It's perfect.
2: You're not going to change.
1: It's brilliant.
2: You think David Goggins has New Year's resolutions? He has new hour resolutions. The guys, it's let's change right now. So anyways, you know who David Goggins is?
1: Yeah, a real fit guy? Would you, if you
2: had an hour with him, you think you'd, like, how would that go?
1: Uh, what are we doing?
2: I don't know. Whatever David Goggins wants to do with you.
1: I don't know. I don't think our energy levels are terribly <laughs> compatible. Can
2: we get David Goggins and Macon together for an hour? We will fly Macon I, to your ranch, David.
1: You do sort of scared straight. Yeah,
2: put Macon in the pond where, like, David Goggins, like, every day he does this really hard thing. that it's, it's the thing that he's most terrified of where he ties his hands together and his legs together, and he just jumps in 10 feet of water, and he's got to find his way out.
1: All right. But then, like, he, then he has to come participate in my camp, all right? Which is what? We just sit. We sit home and bet tennis and we bet tennis.
2: (laughs) David Goggins betting tennis blindly. Okay. So the tiers, the resolutions, give me yours. The first tier is going to be the things that you absolutely have to do this year. And for 10 days you will try to do
1: and then quit. Uh, don't tip no tipping. So when I'm presented with the screen, when I get the $3 50 cent espresso and it's like a dollar, $2, $3, just be disciplined and principled about not tipping. Well, I mean, come on, dude, it's three dollars fifty cents for you to 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 pull the espresso. I appreciate you saying hello and everything. Yeah, but
2: everything. like, put yourself in this in the position of people who are serving espressos. Like that tip goes to the house. It's a good thing for everybody. It's wealth redistribution, right?
1: Well, now you have me rethinking this entire resolution.
2: That's all I'm saying. Like sometimes, even when the server doesn't do a great job, you still got to give money. Because I think it helps the people back in the kitchen. It helps everybody.
1: That's compelling as hell. Yeah. And you figure I get one a day. I can, you know, three hundred and sixty-five extra chickens for the good of the. All right. I'm gonna resolve to tip one dollar every espresso one bowl
2: game. Put it towards the tips. Bank rain. Okay. Ring. Look at that. Uh, my top tier uh, resolution is no teasers. <laughs> okay. I've tried to do it, and I've hit on a couple since I said I wasn't gonna do it anymore, and it's tough. But it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's kind of like falling off the wagon. Like some nights you're gonna have a good night. The other nights, yeah, I don't want to stop gambling. I'm California sober. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that'll be our layup line today is California sober, Billy Strings at the Hollywood Bowl. I saw that. I was there. I also saw Jamie Johnson sing Georgia. I've listened to that song 75 times since they put it out on Spotify. My kids are so tired of that. Um, but I was there. I saw Jamie Johnson. There was a big cross in the hills. It was all lit up. He he looked like, a, like I said, he looked like a hillbilly uh, Buddha. And uh, that was very special. Okay, tier two.
1: Tier two, we're doing them all right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, low-hanging fruit right there. I was going to stop gambling on tennis. I was going to stop gambling money on sports like I had been doing a really good job. But then you I sucked you back in. Dude. Yeah, you flooded my account with monies on, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette rushing for seven yards a couple weeks back, and so uh, now I have money to play with. It's house money, you know.
2: I've emo'd you for that.
1: You did promptly. Yeah. So yeah, you're a regular old me. Yeah. When it comes to paying people back, so um, eliminating tennis. I
2: told the whole group chat, "Hey, Leonard Fournette, just load up on the props. He's going to play. He's going to get a lot of carries," and they kept giving him the fucking uh, the, the what are they the the, the hook in the red zone yeah okay my my uh my number two is uh go to bed earlier mm. this is maybe more necessary than teasers you know what time i go to bed on average uh 1 a.m One thirty. yeah you know because i work at night and that's just not a good that's just not a good thing like that's late i was reading last night that actually um something as simple as artificial light before bed we know it affects your REM sleep but it does affect your mental health so I'm, last night, I turned all the lights off, and I worked in the dark. Hmm. Like fucking Edgar Allan Poe. I had a candle, and I was going through all the previews. Wow. So that's like a half measure. I was up till 1 a.m., but at least I'm missing out on the
1: artificial light. You're up till 3.30 because you couldn't see shit? I'm just falling all over the house. I need to sincerely cut sugar. I, you may have heard I went to the hospital. I was on death's door. With, you think uh, that was sugar? Well, I got my lab work back, and the only thing that was high... Was my sugars, Mm. and I do eat dessert every single night.
2: Yeah, that's not a good thing. When you just kick the dessert, it's easy to kick the dessert. When you when you start eating dessert, you do it every night. Follow up. Yeah.
1: What do I eat between dinner and bedtime? Chessmen. Chessmen.
2: Chessmen. Low sugar. The cookies? Low sugar, a lot of butter. You could use some butter. Okay. Um, they're delicious. I keep a bag of chessmen with me at all times. Oh. Like I travel to inside the NFL with a bag of chessmen. Okay. Pepperidge Farms. Try not to. I got a little case I put it in so they don't get crushed. They're still really good crushed. But it's better if they're not.
1: I didn't know this about you. Yeah, chessmen. Known yeah. you all these years.
2: I'm a chessmen guy. I got like a chessmen briefcase. Okay. Yeah, I roll up to the, the game like Jameis Winston with a briefcase. You know what's in there. It's mm-hmm. not like, it's, I don't know what Jameis said was in there. It was nothing. Like, nothing. It's like, that's what's keeping us from our goals. Well, in my briefcase, is chessmen. Okay. The third tier resolution for me, uh, in, in other words, it's not going to happen, is smoke a little less weed.
1: Yeah. I resolved to read to read two books in 2023, nailed it, on the nose. Mm-hmm. I'll go to three in 2024. I'll you know, I'd like to books. read
2: more. Let me throw that in, in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Okay, it's, that's something I got to do. Not,
1: and not any of this LeBron first page stuff. Like front to back, the book is completely read. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it too. Old school stuff. Okay,
2: so anyways, we got uh, we, we went through Thursday night. We've got the top tier previews. We're going to talk to Zach Sealer later. And I think the most important game is Miami-Baltimore, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. Two high-profile wins last week. Dolphins got the Cowboys. Ravens got the 49ers. (laughs) 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 Two at of vailoa 2023 NFL ranks. You ready? Yeah. Pass yards first. Completion percentage first. Passer rating second. Yards per attempt second. Wins tied for second. And he'll be going up against the league's MVP, and Lamar Jackson. So,
2: not to pour water on this, but this is a situation where you know you talk about, and I think it's a defensive game. We're looking at the two offenses. We're saying, "Oh, MVP, Tua, um, the whole thing." Um, but it it is about these defenses. I mean, I, that's how Miami won that game last week. Their offense was good in spots and really uh, moved the ball well, but couldn't finish. Uh, the defense. And the special teams, and and you know like Harbaugh is a special teams guy. They they always play tough defense up there. And you know the the one metric that they don't put on those you know Tua MVP uh, propaganda posters is you know Tua under pressure. And you know like th- this isn't an argument. This is very. This is very cut and dry. His passer rating's in the bottom third of the league by a wide margin. He's in the bottom third of the league when he's under pressure. And I think last week, one of the things I was wondering was, was Dallas going to be able to get pressure? Um, And they really didn't because he got the ball out in 2.07 seconds. And that's a credit to him and that offense. And so I can't knock the guy for that because it's not like they're dinking and dunking. They're able to get to spots quickly, make timing throws. He's throwing the ball before two is turning his head. Like, that's, when they're on, that's what they do. But, but Purdy's a guesswork guy. And I don't mean that maliciously. Like, we talked about that last week. When Stevens came on that corner blitz, he knew uh, and the Ravens knew that they're going to go to Debo. Like, Purdy's a timing guy too, you know, I think he's got a little bit more artistry, but he's a timing guy and they were able to do what they did to him. So I think the big question here is, can Miami run the ball? If Miami can run the ball, they're not going to be one dimensional. They're going to have to string long drives regardless if they can run the ball. Then what you do is you put Dallas in a situation. Dallas is a team that runs nickel like seventy three percent of the time. Last year they basically led the league, and that's put them in tough spots. So you saw when Buffalo like picked their poison, um, you know it was more like pick your treat, right? You run at the little guy or you throw at the you know the uh, the linebacker. And you know we're going to talk about Dallas in a little bit this week. And when when Dallas tries to stop the run at times. The, the issue that they have is Micah Parsons is as good an off-ball linebacker as they have, right? And so do you pull him off the line of scrimmage? Um, how do you dictate to Dan Quinn how you're going to use Micah Parsons? I think the big guys inside is the big difference between Dallas and Baltimore. And I think you might have more, more luck running on the edge, but what you're not going to have luck with is a clean pocket. You know, and you saw with Purdy, when Purdy can escape the pocket and make plays – that's one thing but when the pocket's collapsing and it becomes a room that's shrinking like uh, like in Star Wars where they're all in that trash compactor and like two is in there in the trash compactor and you know he's you know Tyreek's like his chewy And he's like, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, in those situations, there's not a lot you can do. And so I think that's the thing. If you can make them one-dimensional and cave the pocket, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game than people think. The total is at 47. Um, And I think for Miami's defense, if they can pass this test, you can talk about them as the best defense in the league, if not one of the best two. You know, uh, They're right there in the top three right now as we speak. Now, big injury issues, Waddle's out. Probably. I think he's got a high ankle. That's a big deal for a guy like him. Um, Does Hamilton play for the Ravens? Look at what Hamilton did last week. Defensive tackle for for one play, inside linebacker for two plays, edge for six, safety for nine, outside backer for 14, slot for 15. That's a big difference if you have him on the field and if you don't. He's a force multiplier. He reminds me of Tyron uh, Matthew. Yep in the way that they affect games. When when Honey Badger was at his best, it was everything. It was the TFLs. It was the heady plays in the run game. It was the ball-aware plays. It was the guy that can play everywhere. So he's really important. And so I hate to boil this all down to Miami's offense versus the Ravens' defense, but I think this is a lot of it. I think Baltimore is going to be able to move the ball at times. Um, I don't love the matchups outside, but Lamar does really well against uh, split safety looks, and I think – there's reason to be excited if you're Baltimore's offense this week at home, the whole thing, how Miami plays at home, how they play on the road. They finally slayed the dragon, they beat a good team. But again, they did it. It was a 22-21 ball game. This defense, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, is the side of the ball that's going to be really important for them. So that that's that's the matchup this week, um, you know, in the biggest game of the week. I think it's a little bit more about defense than people think and for the guys up front, Ronnie Stanley and those guys, like, they have some good rushers, man. So don't be in these third and long situations. Um, and, if, and, if, and if, you know, Fangio's going to mix in any man, Lamar's got to beat you with his legs. You know, y- make a free runner miss and pick up the, uh, the first down. Like, I could see some of the situations like that. Armstead didn't practice. Mostert didn't practice. Hunt didn't practice. a Limited, that's something to look at in Flowers and Zeitler as well.
1: Do you have any plays you remember where your hustle paid off and you were praised in film study and you just never forgot them? I'm thinking of the Kyle Hamilton play where his face was in the ground. And then he gets up. Played possum for two seconds, gets up and gets the pick.
2: You know, I was uncomfortable with making plays like that sometimes. I mean, it's what you're asked to do, but getting praised for stuff like that because literally all you have to do is get up off the ground. Or for me, it's like running to the ball and picking up a fumble on the sideline or – you know finishing a rush and tackling Philip Rivers, taking the ball off him in uh, in in l a and that was a big play for us when we we were with the Eagles. You know the, there's a lot of the sacks in my career it just is just continuing to work, and I think you know for a guy like Kyle Hamilton getting up off the ground, that's a huge play in that game
1: uh, most are 21 TDs he's making a push for the most TDs by an undrafted player in a season held by Priest Holmes. Nice. I mean, the guy's
2: put together a great career, and he's been in really good places. You, know, you talk about context, this guy's been in good places. Yep. The Lions are at the Cowboys. Big Monday night game. I mean, everybody's going to have played, so you're going to know what the playoff scenarios are. Um, Hangover. And both these teams need it. And pretty interesting for Eagles fans, they're going to want the Cowboys to win this game. Like, honestly, because the Eagles – they, if they just keep winning, they win the division, right, and the Cowboys, you need them to, to beat Detroit because you don't want to end up in a tie break with Detroit. You're going to have to go to Detroit if you play there. Um, and for the Cowboys, the last thing they want to do is go go down to Tampa. We've talked about this. So a lot on the line, line in this game. And I think both offenses have an advantage here, and it's going to be about who can use this advantage the most to their, to their uh, advantage. There you go. You know? <laughs> Both offenses, Dak against man. And, you know, I think the caveat here is Aaron Glenn could just decide not to play as much man, right? Like, but Dak shreds man. So you have a choice there. You can get out of that if you need to. Now, the one thing the Cowboys don't have a choice in is like stopping the run. And that's something I don't feel confident about them doing against this Lions team. So, especially in the middle of the field, that's where they're going to struggle. Um, you know, the tight ends, Laporta, Gibbs, you talk about. That matchup that you got with Damone Clark, like the linebacker for Dallas, who's going to be on the field at times, and you you pick your poison, you say, hey, we want to get him in matchups that help us. Um, You know, on the interior defensive line side of things for Dallas, I don't know why they didn't take a stab at Sebastian Joseph Day Mm. because the Niners beat them to it. So I'm going to be interested to see how do they stand up and play against this run game. Again, we talked about the nickel counts for them. And the Micah Parsons issue, like where do you use him to the best of your ability as a play caller? You've got to start fast if you're Detroit on the road. Like, that's a huge deal for me. The the way Dallas feasts on people is they get up. They did it against the Rams. They've done it against the Jets. They've done it against a ton of teams at home that I can remember it's like over before it starts. And, like, there's a flurry of points, the turnovers, Um, you know. The Lions went to L.A., and that was a game I felt really good about for them, bet it heavy. It felt like I was on the right side for the whole first quarter, but they turned it over on downs in the red zone. They had a penalty, forcing them to kick a field goal, and they ended up in a ball game. So you got to start fast. Um, you know what this team is at home. And when Dallas is on offense, C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming back possibly this week is a big deal. I don't know where they are on that, but you know Ferguson's been a big thing for Dallas. And for the Lions, I always said this, talking about that LA game again, where was the one big turnover? Because like in a game like that where it's gonna be forty to forty, the the first team to take a ball away probably wins late in the game. And I thought as bad as the coverage was at times for the Lions, they did take the ball away. And part of that's Nick Mullins, and we said, I think a better quarterback beats them last week. Dak's a better quarterback, but those turnovers often come in bunches. So if you're gonna be in a shootout, you gotta take the ball away. And for Dallas, you know, Tyron Smith has been healthier this year than he has in a couple years. I mean, he played 17 of 49 games from 20 to 22. Hopefully the bottom's not falling out on this guy. You know what I mean? Because on the other side of things, you've got Edoga, who played last week and really hurt Dallas with a couple huge MEs. And on the other side, you've got, you got Terrence Steele, Who's given up uh, like fifty pressures on the year, and you're going to play Aiden Hutchinson, who hasn't had huge numbers, but he's a really good rusher. So, I think those are the keys. And for Detroit, like Decker didn't practice with a groin, that could be monumental for them.
0: And and, and I have good news. This game is actually Saturday night.
1: Well, oh, it's Saturday well, night. Well, okay, that's why well, it's a special edition well, uh, Monday, Monday night, night
0: well, football. Brogue.
1: Monday night because I thought it
0: was this weekend, and my son's you know toddler explaining
2: this thing to me. And I'm like, fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm ready for this game. It's Saturday night? Monday night football on late. Saturday. Is there any the other 30. Saturday games this week?
1: No. no. Okay. And then the, the rest of the slate is Sunday because Monday is for our college football playoff game. Got it.
2: Okay, that makes sense. And when's the real playoff game? I can't wait to talk to Steve about Bama. Or not Bama, uh, Georgia and Florida State. That's the playoff game mm. where like the takes are on the line, right? Because yep. I you just want to see Georgia just pummel these guys, so everybody from Florida State would just shut
1: up. Well, and 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 that's what'll that's what'll that's happen. what's gonna happen. That game is um, elusive. <laughs> I think it's Saturday. That game is elusive. It's uh it's uh, four o'clock on Saturday. Can't wait. The Capital One Orange Bowl. Yep, bunch of oranges. Um Okie doke. Lions, number one seed still in play, because the the Niners are gonna have to beat the commanders and then the Rams. If the Lions win out, they're the top seed. No question. If they don't, they have a pretty good shot at seeing those Rams and Matthew Stafford, which they'd probably like to see anybody else. That's the with a San world. Francisco
2: loss. Correct. Yeah, they've got to lose to the Rams, Correct. which you never know. I mean nobody's know. playing as a, very few quarterbacks are playing as well as Matt Stafford right now. I see a lot of top five lists, and I think those lists are reductive generally. You know, each quarterback should just be talked about individually. Um, but if we're talking about quarterback rankings, like Matt Stafford, I don't see why he's not in the top five right now. As far as teams that – quarterbacks that are playing really well. You know, like going into the playoffs, Lamar, Stafford, he hasn't had a game like Purdy. Darnold. Uh, yeah, Darnold. Um, there's a few of them. So uh, – What's next?
1: Patriots are at the Bills. The line is 13. Josh Allen joined Cam Newton as the only quarterbacks in NFL history with 50 or more career-rushing touchdowns. Allen was blitzed on half of his dropbacks against the Chargers. Against the Blitz, 7-11, 74 yards and a pick. uh, Against no blitz, 8 of 10, 163 and a touchdown. And usually he's been
2: pretty good against the Blitz, but Bill's going to blitz him at like a 40% click no matter what. Like if you look at the history of their matchup, so – you got to be ready for pressure, and I think more than anything, not to mention the fact the Bills are pulling for the Jets tonight, another interdivisional weird rooting interest, but the Bills' offense the last couple weeks has said, hey, we're going to pound the ball. And I think there's nothing to glean there other than the fact that, like, they know what the objective is. Dallas was a matchup. Last week I said it, like, they've got to pound the ball. It didn't work out as well, but, like, we got to get out of here with a win and get out of here in as short a time as possible. I think some of that's just trying to build that machine for the playoffs. But I wonder at times if, if you know, like with Josh Allen, okay, I was a football player. I know what it feels like week to week. You're not on the injury report every week, but there are things that are nagging you every week. And Josh Allen is unique because he's almost like a position player. The way the hits he takes, the quarterback run game that they featured – like, sometimes I don't know if he's a little dinged and we're just like, oh, Josh is off. Like, and I'm not caping for the guy. He did not play well last week in a lot of spots. He missed some throws. But I kind of wonder sometimes if he is a little dinged from playing the Cowboys in a physical game where he had tucking tuck and run sometimes. This is a game where you cannot work on the run game. You can't work on this new look. You have to try to win the game. And you lost to these guys 29-25. And I put a lot of that on defense. As bad as Josh played in some spots in that game, like the thing we didn't come out of that game talking about is like the Bills defense, even down guys, you can't give up nearly thirty points, even with short fields and that sort of thing, to the Patriots. So I put pressure on that defense. They got to take away the middle of the field against Zappi. I think you'll have success if you do that. There's also a lot of good news for for the uh the Bills defense. They're getting they're getting uh Elam off IR. I don't know if he's gonna play this week, but you know, Daquan Jones might play. For the first time in a long time, people forgot about him. He's a hell of a piece for them, hides day-to-day. So some good news there. But when it comes to offense, having talked about all that run game, I still think this is a week where there's no way around it. Josh has to be the good version of Josh. Josh has to win this game for the Buffalo Bills to go where they want to go. And where they want to go is possibly as high as a two-seed if Cleveland loses out. There's not a high chance of that, but it would be good for the NFL if the Bills won this game because, number one, we want the Bills in the playoffs. If you don't like Josh Allen in the playoffs, you're probably a hater. Um, and, and if you don't want to see Miami and Buffalo for the division and, and the home game in the playoffs, like that, I, I don't know what you want because that would be theater. And the way that that's going to happen is Josh has got to play well. Um, I also am nervous about Cook getting the ball in big situations. That fumble last week was bad. He's had some spells this year where they can't trust him. Ty Johnson's dinged. Uh, you could see a Lenny Fournette, not to go back to the well on this thing, but a Lenny Fournette playoff cameo with this team. I mean, he's had some great runs with three different teams in the playoffs now, if you're gonna include this one that might be coming up. And he's a guy you can trust. And so I'll be interested to see how much they use him.
1: The Super Bowl matchup just popped into my head pictures. Bills-Lions. Oh. How nice would that be? Wonderful. Something else just popped into my head. Pictures: Rutgers leads Miami fourteen nothing halfway through. Let's the go! We got that first half money line, and we just and we just navigated a pound high five situation. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was good. effortless. Effort, effortless. Yep. With, with, with,
2: with little effort.
1: Two eight and seven clubs. The Steelers are at the Seahawks. Mason Rudolph became the first Steelers quarterback to pass for 250 or more yards and two or more touchdowns in a game since Big Ben in 2021. So no
2: guarantee the Steelers get in, even if they win out. They got to they gotta hope for a couple things to happen, but it's very possible. And, you know, if the Ravens win this game this week, there is a chance that they'll be resting people in that game week 18. And so, like... When you look at it, especially the Ravens might want the fucking Steelers in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, they might say, hey, we'll take the, the Steelers getting in. We might just give you that game. I'm not saying that's really how it works in the NFL, but, you know, playing fantasy football here as a podcaster, like, you know, if you're in a scenario where it's the Steelers or, you know, pick some other team, you might want the Steelers in, down a bunch of safeties, down a bunch of backers, the whole thing. I think it's amazing what the Steelers did last week. And I want to give Tomlin and Terrell Austin a lot of credit You've got both safeties down last week, and I don't know what Minka's status is going to be this week. But you're down two safeties. You got to get Pat Peterson to play, you know, safety. Linebacker has been an issue for them for weeks now. You've gotten guys like Miles Jack off the couch. Um, you've gotten Jalen Smith off the couch. You might want to kick the tires on like Dante Hightower, honestly. elandon um, Roberts is out, and they did a really nice job of fooling Browning last week in some spots where he thought he was getting man, he was getting zone. Um, or vice versa. And, I, you know, the Vikings, as good as they've been defensively, did not fool Browning. Browning looked way better against the Vikings and that blitz happy defense where everybody can be anybody and they can line up anywhere. They did not fool Browning. And I thought it was impressive that Pittsburgh fooled him. And they barely played any man last week. You know, Geno's awesome against cover two, so act accordingly. Um, the big question is, how does the defense hold up against this group? Because I think if it's a low-scoring game, you can win it. If it's a shootout, I don't feel good. You know, Seattle is going to attack the middle of the field. And if you spend too many resources there, guys outside have to be great. J- JPJ, Joey Porter Jr., was really good last year or last week against T. Higgins. And for T. Higgins in a spot where you're like, I want to prove that I can be the guy without Jamar Chase. And he did that late against Minnesota that wasn't, a situation that worked out for him. Uh, those guys got to be good outside in the pass rush. As good as those guys are, Watt and Highsmith might be the best one-two punch in the league. Um, they have to win, and these are two very good tackles. For the Steelers' offense, um, you know, it, it, I, watched, I watched J.T. O'Sullivan's um, YouTube, and he's great, I, that quarterback school deal he's got is awesome, and I wanted to see what he had to say about Mason Rudolph and what I took away was he threw with great timing, you know, on some of these speed outs where you really gotta have it like he's hitting his back step, no hitch he's he's delivering the football um you know the spacing is better. You talk about this offense and what they're doing like with Warren in the flat and baiting guys down into the flat and then creating a void behind them. They're actually doing things with an intent. It feels like the spacing's better, and I I, I thought you know, when you look at that first first play of the game or that first big chunk to George Pickens, if you get a post safety and he highlighted this, like and George Pickens catches the ball in the middle of the field, like he's gonna make he's gonna make you miss that tackle. So when you get that opportunity. You gotta hit this guy. You gotta get him the ball. It can't just be four catches. You know, last week it was a lot of a lot of yards, but it wasn't a ton of catches. Feed him the ball. Um Najee Harris, Samalu, DNPs this week. Um it's Rudolph's show, man. If he can take care of the football, I think they can hang in there. Can you run the ball? That's the big question. Seattle can have the ball run on them. And when you get down there, you gotta score. So you need long drives that are sustained without the mistakes. And I think that's why you feel good about Mason Rudolph because he didn't really have a bunch of turnover-worthy plays last week. Last week it was the explosives. This week it's got to be down the field, right, and take care of the football because if you can get in that red zone, you can beat this team.
1: From 8-7 and seven to 7-8, seven and eight, Packers are at the Vikings. This is Sunday night on NBC. Jordan Love, 27 touchdowns, 11 picks this year. Whoever comes out of this one will have a chance to – make the playoffs in the final week of the season. I
2: think the big news that came across the desk today was that they're going with uh, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, BYU. And I thought coming in, like, the way we would guess would be, you know, who plays best against cover three maybe, because that's what they do there. Uh, Dobbs, not even in the top 50. Mullins is 25. They go with Jaron Hall. Um, Maybe it's, it's that he feels like this is the safest bet. Mullins had some turnovers. He's had him over the last two games. Like, if you don't turn the ball over, we're gonna beat this team, is the way they might feel. And you know, maybe Jaron's that guy. Maybe Jaron's the guy that he thinks they have the least inclination on how they're gonna play with him under center. So little gamesmanship by Kevin O'Connell also, is there any point to announcing this starter? Like you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not beholden to that decision on Sunday. You can always change, it's not like an injury des- designation where you get into trouble. Like, who knows? This could be smoke and mirrors. And I think if I was a coach, I might fuck with these guys right up until the time the ball's kicked. And so the question for me is, can the Vikings run the ball? If they can, this is going to be a long day for the Packers defense. Now They have an opportunity to step up in a spot on the road where they absolutely need it. Down Jair Alexander, who they play without for long stretches of time this season. And those guys outside have to be good. Um, The first time they played them, there was no Justin Jefferson and they had Jair. And they got big chunks from Addison, they got Osborne like this is this is a scary deal for for Packers fans because I still think this offense is explosive no matter who's playing uh quarterback for them and and uh, this is from Aaron Schatz shots shots it's fitting cuz they're going to take him. The Packers without the ripping game weighted DVOA 30 second. So this is like a bad defense. And when you look at some of the players on the field at times, I'm like, there's the some of the parts should be better. Obviously, the coordinators had a rough year. You got the Jair suspension. And it's just the type of thing that you wouldn't guess would happen to a team in a playoff hunt. You know, and to make this move in the middle of a playoff hunt, how bad has it been behind the scenes, you know, with some of the discipline things? It's not a good sign. It's a bit of a canary in the coal mine uh for this for this defense that already kind of stinks and the packers offense man jordan love's been really good against the blitz this team looks so much differently offensively than when we watched them the first time they played i mean that was still in that in that time period where I, i i thought this looked like a preseason offense in that they were taking no chances they weren't telling you anything they they were keeping things safe and it just like even in games where you knew you had to score they weren't really being aggressive and now they're more aggressive and Jordan Love's got a bunch of good weeks under his belt. Now the game that kept them in the situation that they're in now, which is like, you got to win is the giants game. And I thought he was a little off there and I don't think it was the blitzes. Like, I don't know if it was the looks, I thought his technique was a little bit off his, his, his fundamentals. And he missed some big throws like down on the goal line, uh, with a chance to punch it in for six. It's just an easy throw. Just make the throw. So I'll be curious in these gotta have it situations how he does and if you're playing a team that's blitzing um and if you're playing man behind that blitz which it's not always man with with Brian Flores is going to mix it up a lot and a lot of it's going to be zone. but um who do you go to in crunch time and I want to I want to say this I'm proud of this Dontavian Wicks has been the talk of NFL heads this fall if you're talking about the Packers and the guys they have outside they have some big names they have you know Christian Watson Romeo Dobbs guys you want a lot out of but Dontavian Wicks the guy from Virginia coached by my buddy Marcus Higgins who's a great coach happy birthday coach happy birthday coach this is a thing where this guy I've, I've looked at some of these charts on guys when it comes to separation against man coverage he's right up there with some of the best guys in the league and so you've gotta you, you gotta have a big game from Wixie and, uh, you know, it sounds funny to put it all on somebody like Dontavian Wicks, but he's got to have a big game.
1: If you're Green Bay, do you – and Jaron Hall, 25-year-old rookie, BYU has about 20, 25 snaps on the season. Do you go to the trouble of going to BYU, BYU tape? BYU tape. Or are you like, we're 32nd and way to DVOA? we got to work. I don't ourselves. think
4: you're
2: digging in. Maybe you, you put, like, the, the last guy on the pecking order on some, like, Provo tape. Okay. but I, I think more than anything, you're looking at him in in the spots that he's that he's
1: been Eight there, and,
2: and also just trying to trying to figure what Kevin O'Connell is going to do. You don't know what his move is going to be.
1: Yep, middle tier, kicking it off. What uh, what what tiers is? This? What are we? What yeah, it's we the middle resolving? tier. This is the. Uh, go to bed earlier.
2: You go to bed earlier. Tier. Go to bed earlier. Yeah, tier. Raiders Colts. I'm really excited about this game. It could have been. I mean, it could have been a top-tier game. Both these teams are playing for their playoff lives. Like, the Colts could win the division. they got to yeah. hope that the Jacksonville loses a game, which is possible, and they got to win out. They could, they could win the AFC West. How fucking crazy is this? Now, these teams need help, but this is going to be a big atmosphere. And we had Antonio Pierce on Inside the NFL, and you talk to him for five minutes. You know why he's been able to turn this thing around. Treating these guys like men, peer-to-peer coaching, direct, bringing a guy like Jack Jones in who made one of the biggest plays of their season last week. And, you know, like people think he's a shit bird, but you know, Antonio Pierce has been around him since he was a teenager. And also like, Hey, motherfucker, I've played on Super Bowl teams. I'm, I was one of the biggest dogs on one of the most famous defenses of all time. And I, I happen to know ball and I've known you for a long time. Like that's the, that's the power of having a former player coaching, the way you can connect with these guys. And, and this defense is number one in the league against the run since week 12. Jonathan Taylor coming back last week yielded disappointing results for the Colts offense. So this is actually a matchup they can hang in there. The Raiders play cover three. Minshew's not great in those spots. And I just want to say this. When you look at the DPOY odds, Max Crosby's like fourth. But look at what this defense has been able to do with the, the lack of help around him. Now, T.J. Watt could set the sack record. It's plausible, and he's a ways behind him. We're, not, we're also not even putting Trey Hendrickson's odds up there high, even though he's second in the league in sacks. But Max Crosby, even though the sack numbers are not that flashy, deserves to be in the conversation. What he's done has been unbelievable, and, and him being a centerpiece. Again, Antonio Pierce talked about the first item of business is installing a culture Well, you already have a, a, a culture guy there. And if he didn't have Max Crosby, you wonder if they'd be able to make this, this turn. Uh, for, for the Raiders' offense, there's no good matchup for Devontae Adams for the Colts' defense. Um, and, and the pass rush for Indy might be the differentiator. They have come on their second in the league in sacks. Who would have thought that? Who would have had that on the bingo card? They've gotten some really good – like Ebukam has like 10 sacks this year. Buckner's great to get Stewart back. Pay's coming on at times. Like, they're better. You know, and so I I lean Colts. As bad as I want the Raiders story to go, well, I also have a future on the Colts winning the division. So uh, I lean Colts, and I think I think the D line could be the difference. Hatred, violence, and pain. Now, now Moss and Moss and and Pittman have been dinged, so that's another big deal. We'll see.
1: Bengals are at the Chiefs. Yeah, they are. Travis Kelsey has not had a 100-yard receiving game since October the 22nd.
2: It's because people just take them away. It's like, what else do we have to worry about? And and I thought last week the Chiefs hit rock bottom. I likened it to going down the river in my pumpkin. And like, yeah, you're getting hit and dinged under the pumpkin constantly. You see that, the the penalties, the fumbles, the whole thing. But you don't know how close you are until the whole thing fills up with water like it did for me when there's a hole in the thing. And last week was that hole-in-the-pumpkin moment For these guys, man, like it's just the water came in so fast at the end of that half and the penalties kept going throughout the whole game. McKinnon, if he's back, that's a big deal for them. I mean, you know, like in the passing game, he's like their second best option. I know Rasheed Rice gets a lot of credit, but not having him on the field is a big deal because of what it allows them to do. They're a great screen team. You know, like, you've got to hit your screens. The Bengals have struggled in the run game. So I talked about morphing into this run team. Like, this would be a pretty good week to try that out. You're going to have better results than you did last week. You're going to see the drop eight stuff that famously in this couple-year chess match between Anarumo and Mahomes has, has popped up. And I think it's just Mahomes managing his frustration because you can feel it. He has never been this frustrated, and rightfully so. And I think that pick last week, and he did not play good in that game, was was frustration. I, and I think sometimes, like, some of the, you know, when I watch the All-22, I'm like, hey, it's there, Pat, just throw the ball. But it's not fair to him to say that because the guys that, and so often because guys can't get open, it's scramble drill. Guys that don't understand the scramble drill for him, uh, even Rice and him are on on different pages at times. You know he's hesitant to throw the ball to these guys in extended down situations. And so I talked about this this week. I said what's interesting about today's crop of quarterbacks making is we're trying to figure out who today's Brady's and Breeze's and Banning's Breeze and, and Big Ben's and that whole crop of Hall of Fame guys. Who's the next class? We've thought it was certain guys, and at times it's looked like more like those guys are pretty good. I think the, the big difference in today's NFL is the context changes so much for these guys because of the patience with hiring coaches, the way guys are trying to climb the ladder, the lack of cultures that, you know, uh, subsequently, um, you know, you, you see popping up in places, the lack thereof. And I think they have a great culture in Kansas City, but, but they have left him out to drive with this group. And I don't think, I don't think that looking back, I said this. Earlier this week, I ever remember a Brady or a Manning year where the receivers were this bad. And I had a couple people in the mentions that said, Hey, look at 2006. It's wild that you would say that. I don't think it's wild. You know, 2006, they've got at least Troy Brown knows what the fuck he's doing. He's 35 years old. He was a great player. He's not anymore. You know, they've got a couple guys outside, but they're not playing the way these guys played. And you had Benjamin Watson, he's not Kelsey. But the, the bottom line is these guys, although they're not great, are, are even worse because they're, they're hurting themselves. And you could say 2006, that team lost in the playoffs, and I think it probably is the same thing for Kansas City at some point. This is going to catch up to them. But in 2007, what the Patriots did, they went out and got Randy Moss and Wes Welker. So I guess the question is who are the Randy Mosses and the Wes Welkers for this team next year? There's obviously no Randy Moss, but when you look at free agents, T. Higgins... Boyd, Michael Pittman, Evans is the guy I think they should go out and get. Like, mm. d- do it. Just do it. Just do it. Um, Calvin Ridley. That situation's not as simple as it seems because they're going to want to re-sign him. Uh, Mooney, Gabe Davis. Um, you know, like there's a bunch of guys out there. They're, uh, like, so the all question- of those guys are upgrades. All those guys are upgrades. Yeah. And if you don't make those upgrades, you're fucking crazy, dude. Um, and for the Chiefs defense, you're back at home. You're playing a team that you feel like you're better than. Uh, last week, you didn't give up a completion for three quarters. That's really good, dude. And so this defense, and when you talk about who the best defense in the league is, because I've been on great de- good defenses on bad teams, and I've been on great defenses on good teams, right? Like we, we led the league in points allowed in New England. We weren't that good, that talented. We gave up 16 points a game. You know what helps? Complimentary football. And until this team buys into that, your, your defense is just going to be out there, like, doing all this for naught. And it's a reason that I put them up near the top of the league, even with an injury to, you know, safety or, you know, even with the, the injuries that they've had a linebacker. Because they're dealing with so much more bullshit than the, bang, than the uh, Ravens or than the Dolphins. Like, this team has to deal with it on a weekly basis on defense. I cannot wait to see if Chase plays the Sneed chase matchup. That's a lot of
1: fun. Uh, next game. Chiefs are favored by seven points. The Titans are at the Texans. Texans get CJ Stroud back. Tennessee running back Derrick Henry has passed for as many touchdowns as quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Two.
2: Not a system quarterback. No. That that Derrick Henry. Um, Texans. They are really banged up. When you look at the DNPs, like did not practice. Will Anderson, obviously, still dealing with a high ankle. Those are a bitch. Uh, Amos, Grenard, Collins, Shaq Mason, Steven Nelson, Rankins, Tunsell. And it's no surprise to me because when you think about it, they just went through a murderer's row. And I don't mean, like, great teams necessarily. Cleveland's a pretty good team. Cleveland and Tennessee, back-to-back weeks, that's going to hurt, dude. And, you know, these injuries are no accident. Like, it's just – that's like going through the ringer. That's like walking through the car wash without your car.
1: Jets, Titans, Browns, back to Titans. Yeah,
2: dude. So there's a lot of of physicality they've had to go through without that quarterback, and I think he's special. So him coming back, it won't look as bad as the Jets game. They're going to have Collins. They're going to have Schultz. And I think the big thing is, for this defense, you got both quarterbacks back. Levis is going to play, it sounds like. Texans give up a bunch of deep shots. We saw that last week, and a lot of them against play action. So if you're the Texans, you've been waiting to slay this Derrick Henry beast, right? And finally, last week, he didn't run for a quarter mile on you uh, two weeks ago. So, so if, if, you're the, if you're the Texans, you say, hey, how little can we commit to this run game and still stop the run, build off the confidence that we picked up there? Um, that's the key to the game. If Derrick Henry goes off for 100 – if Derrick Hen- Henry runs for 120, they're going to lose this game because that will mean that the play action is an option – and that, uh, and that Derrick Henry's running the ball. Houston favored
1: by five points at the moment.
2: I should have grabbed it at two and a half. I didn't want to make that mistake that I made last week where I bet him a week ahead, right? And then it ends up being Case Keenum, gave it out in the locks and everything. Uh, so I just sat there and stared at the number, and now it's five, so
1: fuck me running. 11-4 and four Niners are coming east to face the Commanders, 4-11. and 11. Uh... First
2: thing I want to talk about here, because there's not much to talk about, is the Debo Samuel Cam Newton thing. That's hilarious to me. Do you Are you caught up on this? Okay, so basically Cam Newton comes out and says four quarterbacks are system right. guys. got that. Right, people are all mad at him, probably Debo included. And I guess three weeks prior to today, uh, and probably like a week or two prior to him going on that rant, which I thought was actually a pretty good rant, um, and it's proved itself out in a couple of those situations, he's going to be watching the Miami and Baltimore game this weekend to, to for the clean sweep. But, you know, like – Debo got mad and came out and said on the Kay Adams show that, you know, uh, Cam Newton is a phony because he's reaching out to Debo, trying to get him on a show three weeks ago. You're a fan. The whole thing. Well, I just try to get Zach sealer on the pod. And I've said things about Tua. I think it's possible to like, you know, to do this, but in today's NFL, people are very sensitive and everybody takes everything personally. And you know, Cam gets on the the Twitter machine yesterday, and he's like, "Listen, I never texted Debo Samuel, so show me the receipts, bro. Since you wow. keep receipts." And I'm thinking to myself, like, "Damn, he probably didn't." Is Debo lying the whole thing? You know what happened? Nope. One of the Debo Samuel's old frat brothers, I guess, had a number for him, and it got out to some other guys, and just some some regular dudes were texting Debo in like windings, uh, in the wow. in the Cam Newton font and uh and asking him if he wanted to come on the show and and that's the that's the screenshot that got got shared so just a total shit show and probably pretty telling of where we're going not only in sports media but in every like it's easy to fake a a text message now we've got pictures that look real of people doing things Mm -hmm. so it's just an example of how fucked we are um because you don't even need to use the pictures for something like that. So I watched this game again, the Niners game, and I, I think the next time they play them it will be closer. They were able to run the ball. Like, if you can run the ball, you're supposed to have a chance. That's the outlier for them losing a game where they can run the ball. A lot of those picks, and I agree with people on Brock Purdy to a degree, I, I think he's pretty good. Uh, but a lot of those picks are he, – he, he can avoid those next time. You know, like check for Kyle Hamilton in the end zone. A bunch of them are, are are tips and 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 uh, and deflections, and you know it's the left end hitting him as he throws. Like he's going to be able to get out of the situations. But the tough thing for the Niners is they want to fix these problems, and it doesn't mean anything to beat Washington, but they got to handle their business. So they can't be sleepy out there. Um, and another thing that I I think they saw in that game on Monday was the condensed formation blitzes, you know, from the edge where guys are like. Okay, my coverage is three yards outside the, the tackle. Like, I can line up here and I'll be there. Look at his split. And the edge pressures. So they got to find an answer for that. It might not be Washington, but somebody is going to be running that tape back. And Jacoby Brissett's going to play this week. I think what's interesting is the like six weeks ago, was the reason Kansas City sucks. And the reason Sam Howell's good, and now they bench Sam Howell, and so if you're Washington, it doesn't complicate anything because I don't know if you're going to hire him or keep him as the OC. It seems like the new owners really sharp, and the, the word that came out this week is that they they want Caleb Williams, um, which which to me I think they'd probably be saying that anyways, but maybe it tells you that that they know something about Chicago. Hmm. I I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. Hmm. Right. So um the, this game is not about the game it's about everything else
1: the most popular tweet that circulated about jacoby starting uh depicted a really big high good-looking butt mm-hmm. on jacoby did you see that thick set yeah. high ass guy yeah high ass big bubble butt it was just a good-looking photo he's presidential do you play trent williams if you're san francisco uh
2: probably not because i mean like I don't know, like how, I don't know how close he is to being really in a bad way, but I I, I would say, hey guys, like you guys got to pick it up up front, and we're gonna take away your best guy this week or something. Yep. you know you don't want to get Brock Purdy hurt, but you also know that it, you have Sam Darnold. That's right. And 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 I said this earlier, like, won't it be interesting if Sam if Purdy's nerve thing or stinger thing becomes a thing, and Darnold gets some spots here. Where he actually looked very good the other night now albeit it's two minute drill and that sort of thing and soft coverage relatively speaking did but. you
1: see his face when brock came out of the tent and like sat down next to greasy was he excited no he was like oh you. i gotta play no 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 he, after he had had his touchdown drive and then brock comes out sits down like i'm good to go and Darnold's looking at him like, you think you're going back in this oh, game, yeah, yeah. player?
2: No, uh-uh. And then
1: Greasy was like, hey, Brock, I don't know, go talk to Kyle. And Kyle was like, yeah, no, nah, just sit down the just rest of down, the day. sit down, chill out a little bit. Yeah. And so I don't think there's
2: a quarterback controversy there. Yeah, right, of course there. not. No, no, but no. But what I think there is is an opportunity for Sam Darnold at some point to be this year's Baker Mayfield. Yep. You yep. know?
1: Yep, 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 yep.
2: And just like, you know, Baker got a chance from Sean, maybe Shanahan gifts Darnold an opportunity by just playing him in some of these spots.
1: Arizona Cardinals are coming east to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Line is ten and a half. This is a Cardinal sandwich, for the uh, this is a giant sandwich or is it a Cardinal sandwich. Giant sandwich. What is the sandwich part? It's a giant sandwich. Yeah, giant sandwich. Sam- cardinals the meat. The cardinals the meat. Yeah, for the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: So basically, uh, you usually there's no more cutlets in New York, so that's no. that's off the table. Um, but. The good news for Philly, I'll give you some good news. Jalen Hurts looks as healthy as he's looked all year. And I know there's not a lot to glean from beating the Giants, but they've been cagey, man. They've been they've been tough, and to, to look like they looked offensively at times was really good, and Avante Maddox is coming back at some point. Uh, that's a huge deal. So there's good things happening in Philly. The, the bad news for Philly is I think, and we've seen this, like I'm not cherry-picking here, and I know this might not Tell you everything you need to know. But I just went through a list of defensive coaches. And, you know, when they played their old quarterbacks that they've been in the building and gotten to know, like Dan Quinn against Matt Ryan. Now, albeit it was an older Matt Ryan, but two years in a row, really tough spots for Matt Ryan. Didn't look great. Threw some picks. Um, Todd Bowles and Jameis, of course, you know, like it's not going to look that pretty. Um, well, Schwartz and Tannehill. That's a uh, Bowles. You know, Schwartz, Jim Schwartz was was in Tennessee for a couple of years. And, you know, you don't think you got to know Tannehill. Now, I'm not saying it would have been any different with the personnel on the field, but they got after Tannehill. Patrick Graham against the Giants. Now, I know Daniel Jones went down early, but they didn't have a shot offensively. Uh, Ryan Nielsen's looked good in his spots. I was going to say Sean Desai was the odd man out because the Seahawks beat him, but that was Matty P's first game. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the most part, these coordinators, if they know a a, a, a quarterback, a like success. it's it's untold, like, what he knows about Jalen. So, and Nick Rallis, who's their DC, was their coach and linebacker. So they know some stuff. Now, we'll see how much they know. I think the mobile QB thing is a problem for the Eagles. You know, like Dallas and Buffalo gave them some problems at quarterback with mobile guys, and and Trey McBride in the middle of the field is a concern for me. Here's one that, you know, on a macro level got, got me thinking. Vic Fangio was in the building with the Eagles. Like he was their senior kind of like consultant guy. How does he leave that building? And I'll tell you how he left that building. It's because Austin Fort. Uh, in Arizona had gotten to talking to John Gannon before they knew he was talking to John Gannon. And so they didn't have a chance to go find the replacement, Um, although they maybe should have had that duck in a row. And for Howie, who always has a contingency plan, including Matt Patricia, for Sean Desai, like the fact that maybe one of the best coordinators, the hottest coordinators this year, again, Vic Fangio, was in your building, and then he ends up in Miami.
1: Yep, yep. Hard to forecast. Yeah, it is. The Saints are at the Bucks. Bucks can win the division with one win in the final two weeks.
2: This should probably be higher, but we hate the NFC South. (laughs) Bakers
1: 4-0 in December.
2: And I'll just say this: like on paper, probably looks like you know Saints, Saints are the worst team and all that, but it is a division game late in the season. I know you got no Thomas. I know you got no Lattimore. Kind of robs us of that big rivalry with uh, Lattimore and Evans, which is always fun to watch. But, you know, the NFC South is on the line for the Bucks, and I'm curious how they're going to play being on top. Um, in that first game, I thought Carr struggled just hitting throws that he can make. You know, there were a couple big chunk throws in a game that was low scoring for the most part through, through a lot of it that could have kept them on track. One thing for this defense, for the, for the Saints defense, they got killed by Baker Mayfield's legs. There were third downs throughout the game, and he rushed for, like, 31 yards, which is, like, his, his, his high on the season. I think he rushed for 30 another game, but um, he really hurt them. And, you know, when you look at the rushing numbers coming out of that game, you say hey, they ran for 100 yards, but the backs didn't have a great day. Now, we'll see if the the, the Bucks' new-look offense with a run game that's worth writing home about is going to be different. But the Saints' defense, uh, the passing defense has been very good lately. Um, and in that first matchup, they almost had a pick six. They dropped it. So there's reason to believe if you're the Saints. Like, you can look back at that tape and say, there are things we can do better this week. I still think Shaheed and Olave can win for these guys. And the Carlton Davis loss is, is is interesting for me for Tampa Bay. So both guys are down a corner, but who, who needs that corner more? Um, we'll see.
1: Low tier. Chargers are at the Broncos. Can I take this one? Take it. All right, so Russ has an injury guarantee for 2025 baked into his contract worth 37 million. By benching him, Denver ensures it won't be on the hook for that sum if they should move on from Wilson during the offseason. So they still will be paying 124 million for 2 years of Russell Wilson, but they will at least save that amount of money on the 5-year $242.5 million extension.
2: Yeah, basically, if he gets dinged, you know, it, over the last couple of weeks, they're going to owe him the 25 money which is bad news bears, because if he can't pass a physical, you know, the start of league year, they're going to owe him that money. And so that's, it's pretty simple. And there's some people that are like, feel bad for Russell Wilson. It's crazy the way we, we, we didn't hesitate to make fun of this guy or shit on him for two years. And then now when the guy with, you know, trillions of dollars is going to lose out on some money because the team doesn't want to pay him that money. If he gets hurt, I actually saw some people in Russ's corner and I wonder if it's, like, a player empowerment thing or that sort of thing. No, nah, where we are right now, this is a business. And, you know, this, this team's made a big mistake. You, what it, were you blaming them for not continuing to make that mistake? Like, there is a cap, okay? So if you're on the side of, like, Russell Wilson here, I don't know what side that is. You know, it's not like he's been tremendous for them. Um, and he's getting older. And so I, th- I think the only thing to talk about this game is this is a very very lightly bet game? Mm. This market is one that I think you know we don't talk about this enough. Like if you want to get an edge, bet the games that people aren't betting.
1: Stick and them.
2: Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, y'all, you'll you'll see because I'm not gonna see. Um, there'll be other games I'm watching.
1: Denver lost four home games by a total of 16 points to the Raiders, Commanders, Jets, and Patriots. Yeah, and they're seven and eight. That's right. Falcons are at the Bears. Falcons seven and eight, Bears six and nine. One o'clock kick on CBS. Here's my question.
2: You know, Eberflus is taking a lot of shit this year. What coordinator do you trust more? Eberflus or Arthur Smith? (sighs) Matt Iberflus? Me too. Me too right now. And so Right now. You know, that that's that's the Falcons gotta win this thing, right? Like Bears don't have to win this thing. In fact, it'd be good for the Bears to lose this thing. Here's another thing I think is really interesting. When you talk about we're coming off the Russell Wilson thing. If you're the Bears, why is Justin Fields playing? What more do you need to know about Justin Fields over the last two weeks of the season?
1: Right. If you need to see another two games, then he's probably not the guy for you. If you need to see two more games,
2: not the guy for you. If you if you want to tank your 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 draft your your capital for a trade, he's not the guy for you right now. He's not the guy for you right now. So like you know,
1: and you I, don't want him to get hurt if he's the guy. That's for you.
2: that's what I'm saying. Is you know if if he gets dinged over the next couple of weeks in a way that like affects his draft status or not his draft, his trade just tradeability, problem. It's going to be a big problem in Chicago. And so, you know, like if I were the GM there. Or if I were the coach, if I was a GM, I'd be down in Matt Eberfluss' office like, we don't need to play this guy.
1: The Panthers are at the Jaguars. Uh, rinse and repeat. Trevor's hurt. Mm. Trevor will play. Jags tend to not play very well. He has more career interceptions than Mac Jones. It's Same bad,
2: man. It's bad. It's bad news bears. And I talked about this on the show the other day. Like The fact that they're this bad at this point in the season is totally unlike Doug Peterson. You know, last year they were 30 points a game in the last month of the season. Even when Carson Wentz was throwing to people who are not in the league anymore, Travis Fulgham, who was like a folk hero for a second. Remember yeah. that Boston Scott? That Carson Wentz Greg Ward throwing the ball to nobody, right? Practice squad guys. With all due respect, they were scoring 28 points a game, okay? And the same thing, we were 4-6 and six coming off the Super Bowl and we had to go to Nick because Carson got hurt. We were scoring 28 points a game. So I don't understand what's going on here. I understand some of the schematic issues. Too much gun run; it really limits you. Um, you know, not enough dynamic pre-snap stuff. Cam Robinson's back from IR. That's big in both phases. This is a must-win for the Jags. You know, and Trevor Lawrence, as you said, limited participant, but he's going to play. And you know, the one thing for me is, can you run the ball? You'd like to think you can, but I'm never so sure with the Jaguars. And and Bryce against an experienced secondary. That kind of that kind of tilts the Jaguars' way. And for wh- anything you say about the Jaguars' defense, the secondary has seen some football. And guys that have seen some ball have taken the ball off of Bryce this year, whether it's Jesse Bates or, you know, I can remember that second half of that game they're playing the Colts, and the Colts get two pick sixes. So um, this is a, a must-win for the Jags, and it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly.
1: Hey, none taken to uh... – Giants-Rams being the final game we talk about. Sorry about that. With two of the better quarterbacks and Matt Stafford and Terod Taylor. Mm. Rams were 3-6 and six at one point. They were... Some crazy record since their Super Bowl win. They were they were uh eight and eighteen since winning the Super Bowl and now they've reeled off five of six.
2: And I think it's a run game for them, right? Like when Kyron Williams is playing, and I said this the other day and tried this one on for size, I think this offense is more functional and better than the one in two thousand eighteen with Jared Goffman mm. went to the Super Bowl.
1: It's it's the reason why Detroit fans
2: don't want to see the Rams. That's the reason why the Eagles fans don't want to see the Rams, there's not a team that would rather see the Rams than like the Packers or they. Yep. This defense, I'll say this like, DeMar- Demarcus Robinson has come on for them offensively and Stafford against the Blitz. Um, not as great, but, you know, like they barely got to Hurts last week. I would start with running the ball seven to eight times because that's where you're going to make your money. Now, for the Rams defense, I, I just. Raheem Morris has done a really good job with this group. And an example, last week, you got to win that game at New Orleans. Like, all these games are must-win. A wrinkle that he threw in that I thought was awesome was, like, if you don't get Kamara out in the route, like, this offense is different. Like, that's their centerpiece. And you're playing another offense this this week where the running back's the centerpiece. And he kept Kamara in the backfield protecting, you know, because Donald's going to get the slide, right? You know that. So then you put your free runner opposite him and you know that the back's gonna be on that side. And if you can make that back stay in to a click of thirteen percent last week, as opposed to over forty percent of the routes that he's gonna be in, like that's a big chess move that I think Raheem Morris deserves credit for and, and everything he's done this year with this defense. Like they have a lot of guys. And we're talking about them going to the playoffs and making noise. Chess men. Chess men.
1: Rams chess men. The Rams are chessmen.
2: The Rams are chessmen. That's a slate. All right, and one last treat for you guys. We talked about the Dolphins a little bit earlier. I love the defense. You know, a lot of you guys are enamored with the offense. I am, but I, I think that offense can break down at times. And that defense, I mean, any weather, any scenario, any team they play, that defense is something you got to prepare for. And so uh, Zach sealer has been a big par- part of that, especially since uh, – since Jalen Phillips went down, him and Van Ginkle have made huge plays early in games to get them some breathing room in games where they might not have otherwise won. And also, I want to mention Deshaun Elliott with that tackle on the goal line. I've, I've mentioned it already, but you know that's why you make every tackle on the goal line. You never know. Huge. You know, and, and the next play, there's a fumble. So guys like that making plays, Zach Sealer deserves credit. Let's have him on the show. All right, this is a fun one for me because I don't think this guy gets enough credit. I think there's a couple guys on this Miami defense that don't get enough credit. Zach Sealer, who uh, has made huge plays uh, for the Dolphins, got himself paid this offseason. Congrats, big fella. Welcome
4: to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, it was, was one of your first purchases. This is a question that I've been dying to ask you. <laughs> Our producers came in and said, this guy's got a K5 blazer. That's yeah. absolutely be- beautiful. What color is it? Tell me about this K5 Blazer, because that's my dream truck.
4: I got that when I was 15. Uh, oh, government okay. government auction. Uh, what was the site? GovX, whatever it is. They auctioned oh. off old trucks. got old Blazer um, and then built it up. My grandpa, my dad, um, uncles over time for the last probably 10 years. Uh, it was that old matte, matte camo. It's got a Detroit diesel in it, 6'2". Uh, kept that in there, repainted it. Ended up cutting all the floorboards out one summer. Redid the whole floor. I did the whole thing. Um, it needs more some more love now. But yeah, that thing's my baby. Dude, that's incredible.
2: I got a ninety five yeah. Bronco I've had since high school. sweet. People are always yeah. like, you know, where where uh where'd you get it? And I'm like, I've had it for now going on twenty years, 20, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. And then I hear you got a I guess the ninth generation F two fifty for the truck nerds out there. Yeah, seven three five speed.
4: Oh yeah. Hell yeah, dude. What color oh, yeah. is that? Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, we pulled. That's what we pulled our camper with. So when I was in Baltimore um, with the fifth wheel, I ended up putting airbags in the back, souping it up, put electric fuel sit pumps in it, and everything, so it could handle it, uh, intercooler, all that stuff. And then uh, pulled it back to Michigan, pulled it down here uh, that next uh, summer for the fall camp. I'm talking to
2: a. I'm talking to a gearhead, man. This is awesome. All right, we gotta get you on another time when you're not getting ready for a big game. I'd love to, man. Sucks, yeah, man, but. But, I, you know, I think you have a unique perspective having played in Baltimore, drafted by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You've had a great career. Um, but, you know, it started there. And I think you know more than anybody, like, the physicality oh, yeah. and the culture up there and what you guys are walking into this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you tell guys when they say, hey, what's it like playing the Ravens up there?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, Harbaugh, uh, the Ravens, the whole facility, the culture they've built is that tough physical culture. I think one of their guys came on and talked about it last this week. If they're a tough physical team and that they're going to do that. But, you know, we are, too. And I think that we people can take us for being, I don't know, showy, flashy whatever. But I think when it comes down to it, we're going to do what we do every day and uh, change each week.
2: I've been saying this, man, because, you know, like, obviously, and we've all asked the question, we want to see you win that big game. And I know you guys have talked about it. It's been kind of a rallying cry. But the way you guys want it to me, like, I think people think of you as this scoring machine team. And the flashiness, the, you know, the top end speed. But ever since Jalen Ramsey got back, especially, you know, you guys can make a case for being the best defense in the league. And I think it's because of guys like you and Van Ginkle. And, you know, even with Jalen out, so many guys have stepped up. How important was it not just to win that game, but to win it where you're not scoring 30 points? Like that's that's a game where possessions mattered.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's great to be out there and show that, hey, look, we can play. All the way through the fourth and uh, keep the foot on the gas the whole time and if you know if the things get tight at the end our offense will come out there and step it up or defense would be able to um i mean the first game of the year the chargers game came down to the defense having to make a stop um and this game was the offense needed to step and they they did and they came out there and they drove the field and were able to punch that last field goal in. so it's been great and i think it shows the grit and determination of our team
2: do you, uh, do you notice, like you dudes up front, as soon as Jalen Ramsey came back, those fractions of the time are a little bit in your favor? And how popular is he in the D-line room?
4: Man, all those guys in the back end. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jalen was a huge loss early on in camp. Um, but I think a lot of guys, Eli Apple, um, who else was playing out there, uh, a few other guys all stepped up and were playing great. Yeah, um, But you definitely notice that energy that, that Jalen brings every day um, in, in the facility and then at practice. Um, and then obviously in the games, um, he's a huge corner that lo- and he can bring it and come down and be a part of the run fits, which is awesome. And we preach that. It uh, takes 11 to stop the run. It also takes 11 to stop the pass. So Yeah, I love the game. fact
2: he gets down in the fits, man. He seems like totally fearless. So, um, you know, you talk about big personalities and energy guys. Like Wilkins seems like a guy you'd love to play with. You know, he just brings it every day and, and he's talking the whole game and he's he's played about as well as anybody inside this year and like how important is he to you guys and is he really as cheap as they said he is on hard knocks we're talking about money and your big contract is is wilkins a cheap a cheap skate like they says he is
4: he's great yeah he drives i think he drives a little kia uh, to practice to the facility. <laughs> yeah that put him on blast but i always whenever i see him pull up i'll be like hey man i'll see you in a kia yeah so it's always a joke we've had um no, he's a he is a team guy, and he's going to do everything for the team. He's exactly what he seems like on tape as he is in person, and uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't buy all the extra fancy stuff right now. And he said this to me: I mean, all he cares about is winning games, and what's it going to take to win? Um, he'll worry about all that, all that stuff. Take care of itself later on in life.
2: How good can Jalen Phillips be? I mean, I'm a huge fan of that guy. I mean, huge I, fan. I like I don't think he gets mentioned enough in the elite you know like with that that elite group of rushers but he's right there to me and I know the injury hurt but you know he's going to come back mm-hmm. you've seen great players you play with great players he's one of those guys
4: isn't he absolutely man the, the effort that that dude puts on every single day every single practice every single rep in the game is just unmatched and then just his talent and his speed and his quickness is just insane um great edge rusher and he's a great guy too and it's just it really hurts to see those kind of guys have something like that happen but i know he'll come back stronger than he was before
2: you talk about energy we're talking about wilkins and guys like that but your head coach to me seems like he's got great energy man like i think he's yeah. one of the best coaches in the league already and getting to see him on hard knocks is authenticity the thing that really connects a guy that you know on the yeah. surface you're like what i mean this guy telling zach sealer what to do you know uh, <laughs> it doesn't compute to a fan but i think what people don't realize, and we've been in locker rooms, like being authentic is number one, is that his superpower? What is Mike's superpower?
4: Man, I'll tell you, it's, it's the connection with the players. It's the authenticity. And it's just uh, the care and the passion he has about the sport and the game. And you just see every day him. I mean, you, there's a lot of time you come here and his car's not in his parking spot. He's not here trying to get better, not trying to get the team better. And just uh, I think that connection and that level of just like, wow, He really, like, this means the world to him. And it does to us. And so it just, it makes you play that much harder for him. And to see the care on those plays where he's just watching, he knows, he just, yeah.
2: What's something about Coach that people don't know? Because it seems like he's a guy that lets you know everything. Um, But there's got to be something funny about the guy or, like, a quirk that hasn't. I'll tell you what,
4: like, especially with hard knocks now, like, that's revealed, not revealed, but it showed like literally. That's who he is every day. Like he yeah. hasn't changed for hard knocks. Like that's just what he does. Like I know last year was a couple of clips or pictures of him in different games that wish it was colder shirts or whatever. Like the, he just he doesn't care if the cameras are on or not. He's going to do that stuff anyways. That's who he is. I think that's like you said. That's why that connection is just so there with the team and the players want to play for him.
2: Give me one word to describe the personality of Vic Fangio. Like if you could boil it down. Um, shoot. Okay. Uh, you can use two if you
4: need, I might need to, um, <laughs> man, he is, uh, I mean, a defensive guru. I mean, just yeah, I learning from his schemes and his plays and what he sees. And I mean, to be a defensive guru, you almost have to be an offensive guru Yeah. know what the offenses are doing and how you want to call it. So I think it's just, it's been a cool, it's been really me and Wilkins talk about, it. it's been a really great experience having Fangio in, learning from him and, what, how he sees the game differently than how some younger players or coaches or whoever sees it. Cause you know, you start to emulate your coach and how they see the game. That's cause you got to be on the same page. So it's been really cool to be able to play for him and uh, learn his style of defense and how he views the game.
2: Last question for me. I thought the two biggest plays of the game for your offense last week, you know, like Dak had that great drive. You guys had some great plays late, but I thought the two throws the Tua made in the beginning of the game, backed up, were enormous for the confidence of the team and you know, getting out in front. Like what do you what have you seen with Tua's confidence? Because I think that it, it goes hand in hand with the team's confidence, but I can see him picking up confidence as the year goes.
4: And he's done that all year. I mean that's exactly. Like he's picked it up all year, just every day in and day out. He's just is just getting more confident, more comfortable with the offense and the players he's playing with and the receivers he's throwing to and the O-line in front of him. And no matter what happens, um, to building that trust is uh, it's a huge deal. And that's something that he's done great and the offense has done awesome. Um, so, yeah, even despite everything that's happened with them.
2: Well, man, I'm uh, enjoying watching you play, making those yeah. big plays. You know, not enough people talk about you, but, uh, but they took care of you. So, yeah. congratulations yeah. And, and keep up the great work, dude. Man, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it.